And now, introducing the man who emerged from his stress-induced haze after last night's son's victory to find that he had not only consumed an entire pantry's worth of food, but he had unknowingly began to eat two of the remote controls, which he begrudgingly finished before bed because, quote, we aren't quitters in this family, unquote. After receiving a notice for jury duty, he began devising a method to avoid it, not only this time, but for the rest of time, as while he wasn't prepared to fake a disability, he decided it was more than worth it to, quote, convince the state that I'm actually a 75-year-old man, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. It's a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program brought to you by Glory Days Grill. I'm here. I'm Glenn. That's Kyle. That's intern Jack that you don't see or hear. We like it better that way. We, we have him, you know off doing a, a forced labor over in the other room, so we, we don't want you to know what's going on exactly. The yeah, beautiful, beautiful Nikes he's making. Yeah, correct. Oh, man, we're going to – well, they're not – Kyle, I don't think we it's can true. legally say they're Nikes. Yeah, I guess. I yeah, think yeah. it's more like Nikes, <laughs> I believe is what we say they are. Uh, yeah, I am uh, I am not recovered. It was, it was a night, man. It was a night. How stupid – I know I brought it up yesterday, but how stupid – has all of the I bet the networks hate this. This is bad for the NBA. Go f all of you. I mean, seriously, what is wrong with you? Now, in fairness, the basketball game wasn't actually that great for the most part. Devin Booker didn't until, play that well. And nope, did not play well. N- none of the, the only the campaign. only son that sh- well yeah. campaign, but he didn't shoot well. He just drove. Um, he scored. Yeah, he scored twenty nine points, but it's because he was driving. Like he was just going towards the basket, attacking the basket. And I'm a big fan of that. Um, the only the only Suns player that shot well was Cam Johnson. The Clippers shot okay, like they as the game went on, they threw the ball around and like they don't they 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 they're, they're trying to make oh what is it was Zubaz oh the oh, is it Zubaz? I think that probably is past uh, yeah. right. They're trying to make that a thing. I mean he's big. Yeah, he's big. That's that's for sure. They're trying to make that a thing. It's he's not well a coach. Thing. Yeah, he went to Duke. Ah, okay. Um, they keep forcing that to be a thing, but it's it's definitely not. Um, and it ended up being thrilling, as it turns out, because it's the NBA playoffs, and it's chicken. Yeah, I love chicken. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but sure, we'll go Same with it. Not, I don't think that's the case. It ended up being awesome, it's playoff and basketball. it created one of the more you know, certainly in Phoenix Suns history, the most iconic moment that's ever occurred. I don't know where it ranks among great playoff final moments. It was different. Then a Damian Lillard shot or a Kawhi Leonard shot. It was. I mean, it was bad. I mean, it was bad. It was and forth, something. Right? Like, it no, I'm been, just talking about the moment. I get it. I'm talking about the moment. The moment itself is is iconic because it's so different. Because you just don't see that. You do regularly see jumpers at the buzzer. You you see that all the time. And not I mean take anything away from any of them. They're all still incredible when they occur. When Damian Lillard knocks down a 35-foot jumper at the buzzer, it's remarkable. Nobody's know. debating that. I could do that. But honestly. this is different. This is a different thing. This is a everything has to go exactly the right way and able to be able to pour, pull this off and sure, why the hell not do it anyway? And uh, DeAndre Ayton has been phenomenal this season and – all of the nonsense that you know they had to hear about. Oh, I bet you regret the Luka Doncic thing. 
Luka Doncic is a damn good player. There's nobody's debating that. DeAndre Ayton's an unbelievable basketball player. They both are. The, correct. Yeah. They're un, he's an unbelievable basketball player. He can do things other human beings can't do. Yeah, I mean, the Suns are better off with Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton than they would be with Luka Doncic and whoever I think they're better off with Devin Booker. Be. And, but you and, get what I'm saying, right? Like, it's the idea, Doncic is a ball handler. He's a point guard. He's somebody who yeah, would be Yeah, that's fine. Right. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But the whole – DeAndre Ayton is a phenomenal basketball player, and it took a year for him to figure it out. It took a little while. It took him, you know, being being out there helped. Like playing was a uh, good thing for him. Debatable. Mm, I hear that's good. Is actually being on the floor and playing. He's a phenomenal basketball player, and his athleticism. It's one thing to be big, and it's one thing to be, you know, like Nikola Jokic big, which is yeah, he's big. An incredible and, athlete. I mean, and kind of awkward, right? Like kind of, you know. Well, he's he's a lumbering fellow. Correct. DeAndre Ayton is a no. phenomenal, fluid athlete. No, and he'll only expand his game as he gets older. He's going to probably extend his range. I, I mean, you saw he hit a little mid-range jumper. Yeah, like I mean, he's, he's capable, he's capable but, of that. I mean, that's the next step. But it's what, inevitable. What, I mean, I understand what he's doing, he, what what he's doing is what they need. Is insane. Yeah. His ability to rise, his tenacity, all of it is phenomenal. He's not a throwback big. He is a, he is a 21st century big in that... But he's still a he's big. actually a big, right. like he's a big. Well, he's the, he's not. He's what what you need if you're going to have a real center. If you're going to have a guy who is truly just a post player, like he's he is what you would be looking for. Right, but this, he's not in this he's, game. He's he's not just he there the to take floor. up the the throwback bigs. Are the guys no, that were there to take up space, correct? Double teams, he's draw not, double teams, and he's he's not there to take up. Going to run the court. He's going to do the dirty work, and he's also got a very developed post game. But I mean, look, it's he's going to get a block on one end and then fly yeah. in for a rebound on the other end and and turn it into a layup sure. underneath. I mean, it's he's a phenom. He's a marvel. It's a marvel. To watch DeAndre Ayton, man, and yes, I'm, I'm cl- obviously, I'm. You're biased. I'm biased because I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, and I don't try to hide from that whatsoever. It was a delightful evening of basketball watching, and to be clear, and I want to make this clear, I'm excited to watch Trey Young and Giannis tonight. It's Giannis. I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited. Campaign's feet bother me when he shoots, but he makes. It I know. Nice. I don't like. I don't like it either. It bothers me too. The way that he points, like it's just a very strange. It's very unnatural. Reminds me of when me and my buddies but, tried to fix one of my friend's shots, and we yeah. taped his feet, his legs together. Sure. He's also not really a shooter. He's a driver. That's like that's what he does. It's not like he's incapable of making shots, but he's not a. He will never be a shoot first player. He will be a driver. He's more. He's not Ben Simmons. Like he can knock down shots. But he's not. He's a driver. He's not a, you're, you're misunderstanding. Ben Simmons won't take shots. Cur- well, that's true. Yeah. It's true. He refuses to, no matter where they are. Uh, I think one of the better tweets last night is if it had been Simmons that they had lobbed the ball to, he would have somehow tried to pass it <laughs> instead of dunking it home in the final seconds. Um, there are lots of complaints about how the final minutes of the game went for took various a while. reasons. Yes, it took. I think um, was, Matt Norlander like, went back and did the final two minutes took 30 yeah. actual minutes of real time with all the stoppages, with all the checks, the whole thing. Still wasn't anticlimactic. <laughs> it, no, it certainly didn't make it anticlimactic, but it the idea that you could have had back and forth, Devin Booker knocking down a jumper, Paul Look, George knocking down a jumper. Yeah, but that that play doesn't get drawn up unless... Well, the, the, the alley-oop, yeah. sure. Yeah, the alley-oop doesn't happen, and that's one of the complaints is that all of these reviews give teams free timeouts and free opportunities to set up plays. I mean, even after the alley-oop, the Clippers got a free opportunity to set something sure. up 
Like no, that's it's not un. You could say, well, it was unfair to the Suns. I got a chance to set something up. Well, the Clippers still had time to they try tried to, to tried to make some subs. Right. Yeah. I mean, they were definitely trying to bend the rules. There's no doubt about that. Uh, thankfully, that was part of the reason why it took so bloody long is because the Clippers were trying to cheat. I get it. I think if you're not cheating, you're not trying in those moments. There's definitely something to be said for that. Like once you're in that situation, force them to to call you out for it. Don't 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 just freely put five guys on the floor that were out there for defense. Try to get another shooter or two on the floor if you can. Try to get old Zubaz off the floor if you're allowed to. I get what they were trying to do. I'm not mad at them, but it's cheating. That's that's what it is. It's the the nature of basketball. But they also were given plenty of time to try to I mean these things are all coached up. It doesn't you, make their job any easier with point. No, it sure right. as hell doesn't make it easy. Right. There's no doubt about it. But you you've worked on these scenarios no all throughout practice during the course of a season. Surely got, you did it with more than two shooters on the court though yeah you probably would not those five guys i don't <laughs> right, disagree right, with right. it you probably didn't have those five guys on the floor um in fairness yeah paul george still should have been able to get a shot off it was uh, an awkward no like, he didn't that shot wouldn't have counted it was, no of course it was i'm saying it was an awkward he had to turn around over his left shoulder to face the basket to do that I, hear like, I think that was a choice that he made to try to get a better shot off instead of just catching the ball and turning and shooting which he had time to do um, he tried to to move to get free a little bit and ultimately didn't get the shot off in time. Um, yeah, look, I, 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 there's not an easy answer to this. There, there was like a debate going on on Twitter last night. Jeff Van Gundy is let's kill replay. A lot of people are kill replay throughout all of sports. And I there's clearly value to I've, replay. I but I've talked about this. I think each individual sport needs to have a difficult conversation about what the rules are supposed to do. I've talked about this a lot with uh, offsides in soccer. I hear you. That the spirit of the rule and all that. What, what was the reason why offsides became a thing in the sport of soccer? It was to prevent cherry picking. They didn't want guys just camped out waiting for a ball downfield. I ate a bunch of cherries yesterday. Thank you. You're welcome. So in the, uh, was it the North Macedonia match the other day, they played somebody that they should have had. No, it was Belgium, maybe. They played somebody they had no business being competitive with, and they, got, they ended up losing 3-0. Is there South Macedonia? I don't know. I can't tell you the answer to that question. Genuinely don't know. But <laughs> North Macedonia is in the Euro, and they, they, it looked like they had scored the first goal of the match until VAR showed that they were Minuscule, half a yeah. foot. Half a what was his arm, foot. right? Like his arm was ahead of the other guy's no, I think arm. It was the, I think it was the foot. I think it was legitimately like there were two feet that were together and half a foot was off sides. Now the call on the field was off sides, right? Like the, the flag was up. Sure. They went, so they were going to have to go back and look at it at VAR no matter what. Um, but even if it had been called a goal, they would have said no goal on VAR because of half a foot. Was that the point? Was that the reason why offsides was introduced to soccer. And someone needs to sit down and have this awkward conversation about what offsides should be. And it's not easily defined, right? Like, what Drew and I have talked about it before. Should it be that once you're within the attacking third, there's no longer an offsides? Because you can't really have cherry picking. Drew thinks you should just have offsides be allowed. Yes, he said that before. I don't think that you should have cherry picking. I don't want that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, But should you be able... Once a team is in the attacking third, to say offsides is off, you got to go defend the field now. You don't just get to try to trap somebody. And well, if we jump here, you're going to be offside. That's that's not the spirit of what this sport is supposed to be. I don't know that I have as much of an issue though with the Booker 
Beverly. Oh, I 1,000% have an issue with it. I That's just, I mean, very clearly not. We all, Everyone who has ever played or watched basketball knows that's not the reason why you're supposed to be going to, uh, to replay. But and it doesn't mean the officials weren't right. They were right. The last contact sure. was off Devin Booker's hand. They were right with the nature of the way the rule is written to call it that way. But there is no doubt that the idea anyone who's ever played basketball is who forced the ball out of bounds. I've, That's what's I've, supposed to happen. I understand, but I still kind of side on the who touched it last sort of thing. I don't understand. What do you mean? I tend to think that, so the, the, the argument is, okay, if Beverly had poked it out forcefully, then this wouldn't be a discussion. There would have been no continuation on Booker's part with the dribbling, right? Like, he was in the process of dribbling. Right. The ball got poked, touched, and mo- removed from Booker's control, right? Right. Like, he was no longer able to control the dribble, and as a result... The next dribble of his pushed the ball out of bounds. Like no, I, that's not what happened. It was no. Kind of, he was in the process of dribbling. It was, but you're down. saying there was a next. There was no next dribble. He still was the one that touched it last. The, and the, you're, the letter of the law, the ball was still on his hand as it was being po- poked out of sure. bounds. You're rewarding someone for poking a ball out of bounds. That's not the way that the sport is supposed to work. That's never been the way the support the sport is supposed to work. You're rewarding someone for just knocking a ball out of bounds. That's nuts. That's insane. Uh, this is not the way that the sport exists. That's crazy. I, look, I understand. Jeff Gundy was 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 against it, and he was talking about the spirit of the rule. Well, everyone and like, what, with the brain is against it. Well, then I guess everyone, I'm brainless. I, you are. I don't know what else there is to say. That's not the way. And again, nobody's saying it was a bad call. Of course it was the right call based on the way the rule is written. It's funny how Breen but, was like, yeah, it's going to be the serious ball. I was like, <laughs> Well, Mark Jackson was the one who said, eh, look at that again. No, I know. Right? Yeah. yeah, look at that again. Um, there's nothing wrong with having a conversation about like what what is it that the rules are supposed to find and to define something that says there is something by the way different if if he hits it off his leg like correct. I understand it's a big difference that's, but, that, but that's like, out of bounds that's on you I still just why the distinction isn't as big to me like if you the defender are able to get to the ball. And it goes off of the offensive player in any sort of way. But it didn't go off of him. It it happened to be simultaneous that in unbelievably slowed down replay. Well, Beverly knew. Beverly had no idea. He was just trying to get them to look at it again to hope. Like that's all that was. He was you're doing you're selling in that moment because you're desperate to get the officials to look at it again because you don't have a challenge. Your team can't challenge it. So you're trying to sell like hell that that's the case. The notion that he knew is insane. No human being in real time could see that. It requires it to be slowed down so much that you can see in a nanosecond that the ball happened to linger on the finger of Devin Booker oh, for keep a keep rhyming, keep rhyming. I don't know. I don't have nothing else there. Sorry. Happened to linger on the finger for a ring. Yeah, ringer doesn't have a hard G mm-hmm. or a, a soft G, so it doesn't work. Uh, happens to linger for one. You're going to go one more time. I was like, come on. Yeah, no, no, I'm not doing it. One millisecond longer. It requires such an insane thing that you know this is not the reason why this exists. Now, again, the rule so is it, written. Let's, let's say there's a scenario where, like, it's a blocked shot, right? Mm-hmm. And they block it while it's still in the person's hand. 
They're blocking the shot. Yes, if it's forcefully and the correct. last finger to touch it is the middle finger of the shooter after the block. It never leaves At, their hand. Correct. If it's you during the block, that should same be way. You a should block not, that is not going to be. You should not be, be rewarded for slapping a ball out of bounds. There should be no reward. Now, again, it's far different if you slap it off of someone. It's far different if you turn or if in the course of the block the ball's loose and you knock it off of somebody's body out of bounds. That is the way that the rule was intended. That's been part of basketball forever. But the idea that you're rewarding someone for just knocking a ball out of bounds is nuts. It's bonkers. So then what about like a rebound, a contested rebound, where there's two guys going up for the same board? It's a loose ball. You're not rewarding anybody for anything. It's just a loose ball. The only thing you can do in a loose ball situation is who was it all out off of. There's, there's no nobody, – nobody has earned possession in that situation. Any loose ball situation, you have to go figure out who was the last person to touch it, even if it's essentially you know, simultaneous, and it's a nanosecond thing. These are very specific. Rewarding someone for knocking a ball out of bounds is nuts. It's, it's not basketball. Oh, I keep forgetting that I switched this the other day because Jack had to sit here and I need to switch back to my own. Just looked down. I'm like, why is my mic, uh, mic thing green? It really th- screwed with me, but it was because I had Jack sitting here on Monday. That was yeah, a little while ago. Yeah, that was that was. I can. This is some. This is a extra mic screen that we have, so I'm not all that worried about it. Um, that's not. Everybody knows that. That's not basketball. Now again, it, does it mean get rid of replay? I disagree with that. I disagree with get rid of replay. It means sit down and talk these things through and don't leave it to this, this you know, hardened interpretation of rules. Sit down have a conversation about what these things are supposed to be. I feel the same way in soccer. I feel the same way in a lot of sports. Figure out what the rule is supposed to be. Rewrite the rule so it's not, this black and white to well, if you're a yeah a quarter of a centimeter off sides, then you're off sides. That's not what the rule is supposed to be. That's not the reason the rule exists. Solve it. Go say in these situations where you know contact is simultaneous, the defender whoever forces the ball out of bounds doesn't get the ball back. It doesn't work that way. That's silly. You can say, hey, it's not going to come up all that much. Sure, but so when these situations play out, make it so that it doesn't matter. You don't have to go back to replay last night. You don't have to stop the game if you just know the rule is the defender that forces the ball out doesn't get rewarded by getting the ball back because it happened to linger on somebody's finger. Oh, God, I'm going to do it again. Damn it. I don't think there's another one. That, I just don't think Singer is a is a soft G. I just don't think there's another one. Clinger. No, it's the same thing. Yeah, well, they're close enough. M&M would make it work. Oh, thank you. Yes, correct. You could do it that way. Yeah, it could be an option. Um, so solve that. Solve that. But the, the getting rid of replay thing, I, I you know, I, for the, give uh, Van Pelt and their, his team credit. I, I normally hate it when um, big basketball moments occur on ESPN. No offense, because their their postgame coverage isn't TNT's. TNT will just eternally always, and then the greatest sports studio show that's ever existed. TNT is better for these moments than a sports studio show, right? What's that? We're technically a sports studio show. I stand by it. Um we're not. We're a talk show. We're not a studio show. We're in a studio, aren't we? Like when the when the J.R. Smith thing happened in the finals a couple of years, I was like, come on, I just need 
Like, I need Barkley and them talking about this moment. I need the hilarity of this. I have to have that in my life. And so last night I was a little bit like, oh, God, it's going to be ESPN. But give Van Pelt and, and all of them a great deal of credit. They were all really good in handling the postgame and all of these nuanced conversations that exist. Van Gundy, as good as he was, I mean, Van Gundy was unbelievable on the broadcast in those final two minutes. He was on top of every rule. I've always liked Van He Van was on top of broadcasting goes. You know, yes, like, he's always been very, yeah. very good at this. And he understood. He explained the the benefit of the replay and giving the team the, the extra timeout. I mean, he was explaining everything incredibly well. But he is very black and white when it comes to this. He wants there to be no replay in basketball. I want a Van Gundy's free well booth. That would be fascinating. <laughs> It would certainly be fascinating. There's no doubt about that. It would be fascinating. I, I don't know what Latrell Sprewell is up to. I don't think he's doing life. any color yeah, analysis. I don't, I don't think that's <laughs> the case. Um, so I, I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree that it's an ardent, no-replay situation. I do agree with Van Pelt and all the many people that have said, you want the calls to be right. The problem is, as we've seen also in baseball with replay, and, and frankly more recently in football with replay, we're not using replay to get the calls right. We're, we're creating a burden with replay that goes one of two ways. Either we are zeroing in to the letter of the law or we're unwilling to change a call in some sports. We're just unwilling to consider the possibility that we might have been wrong. Or change a rule is what you're really important. no that that's in basketball is the first we are zeroing down on the the I mean the application of like the catch rule in football is sort of more similar to this I feel the like. catch rule maybe but there's also like we are unwilling in most sports when it's a judgment call we're completely unwilling to reconsider the judgment call we're just well, going we back and saying the the field. whatever whatever the call was on the field if it's close we're not changing it and that's the way it is if it's close we're not sorry. We're not changing it. That's the, the, and I understand why that's led to people disliking replay. I get it. But it still needs to exist for the obvious call, the one that's blatantly bad, that can change the course of a game. This one didn't. Uh, well, I mean, it yeah, did, yeah, you, did and didn't. Well, I mean, if you want to say it turned out to be a ball don't lie situation, right? Like it turned out that Paul George misses these free throws and well, karma came back around. They something along those lines. And yeah, something then, along those lines. How about Paul George point. playing well and then playing poorly? I, it's tough, man. I feel bad it's for really him to tough. An extent, yes, correct, because like, he played yeah. incredibly well and did everything right, and then right up until the most important moment of the game, right up until and the easiest thing. That he could do. But it's also the most mentally tasking. <laughs> you say that. Like, like you have I, a lot of time to think over there on that line. I, I guess. Like, he's been a really good free throw shooter throughout his life. It should be nothing more than muscle memory, so that man. implies that it, it was should be the nothing. moment. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. Although he had missed three free throws before that, too. Sure, he was I'm not. Sure didn't help. Oddly, but. oddly, for as great of a free throw shooter as he's been in his career, he was not having a good night at the free throw line going into that moment either. Um just a weird night, man. Just a really weird Chris night. Chris Paul expected back for game three. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, that means the series is over. I, it also you know, means he was vaccinated, right? Doesn't that mean? Well, we knew back? he was vaccinated. Okay, we found we out. We knew he was vaccinated. Um, he had literally taken all of his teammates to go get vaccinated. Well, that's nice. Um, but he still had to return two negative tests mm -hmm. 24 hours apart. So I guess that means they know he's already returned one right. at this point. 
because the next game is tomorrow night. So the only way they could be expecting him back for game three would be at this point that they know he's already returned one positive test. Otherwise, there's there's no way that they could possibly know that. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, that means the series is over. I'm not... I'm not willing to go there yet. Like, I'm just not. Trust me, I think the Suns are better with Chris Paul. I I 100% believe that. And I think they 100% have the upper hand in this series and should win it. But it's basketball, man. You just never know. Kawhi is still know. uncertain. We'll see. It's such a weird bit where it was he was definitely out and he was definitely was done for the year, AC, right? And all of a sudden, they're like, well, maybe. That's a really weird bit. All right, so there's the basketball. We did way too much basketball conversation. The Orioles lost. The, the Jorge Lopez pitched well. So, and there's there's that. I, I don't really have anything else to say about it. I ended up ch- uh, uh, looking at the Dodgers-Padres again last night. I don't understand why the Padres aren't better. I just don't get it. Like, And they're good. I just don't understand why they're not even better than they are. They have everything, and they they won again last night. They play good defense. Manny's only hitting like 255, so I guess they – bomb trade him you know I don't, I don't know what to say about that but uh that's been good theater all throughout the year the Padres and the Dodgers and I feel like there was something else that was on my list for today but eh, whatever whatever we'll get to it when we get to it it's nice to see um the news about the first uh Royal Farms Arena yeah, I still need to know more about that. I I, I mean, it's it's hopeful, you know. Yeah, like you like to see that there's movement problem. to an extent, but I've 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 seen um I've seen too many of these things over the years for me to react too much to it. It seems like there, there was competing. Been, that's that's fine. That's fine. There has been at one point years ago, and I can't remember who it was. There was there was someone who put in his will that his wealth would go to building a new arena downtown, and that still got screwed up. Well, it, until they seem very intent on it being Kyle, about staying where it is, right? Kyle, you're saying all these things. I get it. Until something physically starts happening, I have learned not to overreact to anything related to the arena. I, I just... I'm going to poke around more about it. I'm going to get a little bit more info. But until it physically starts happening, I just cannot react too much to any news related to it. If you missed it, there's a... there's Kevin Durant's venture capitalism firm and partnering with others have won, supposedly, the bid to renovate uh, Royal Farms Arena. It would be like a $150 million venture and potentially expand capacity, add luxury boxes, all that stuff. And all of that, in theory, sounds good. Um, but, but if they find out there's really no reason to do it, will they back out at some point? This is the these are eternally the issues that we've dealt with and that that there have been plenty of people that have said I want to do this but they can't lure lure any sort of team here and so I don't think the expectation could there, be around an NBA team right like there's no way that that would be their goal would it but this well, I don't know what it would be I mean I you can't to, to think you would be able to expand capacity from where it stands now to a point where you would have an NBA potential arena at yes, the same location seems far fetched right I, like I don't I don't know if that's true or not you, you can what's you can the go minimum up. what's the smallest 18,000 something in that neighborhood. It's not that far off, but it's 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 not 
I, I don't know how much of a complete renovation. If you're trying to keep it in the same right. rectangle, no. And again, if you're trying to keep it in the same rectangle, there is no purpose to doing well, this. They were talking about trying to revitalize the area around it as well that, to an extent. So like I don't I don't know. It's all it's all well again, all that sounds good. I understand. It, it also sounds like what are you doing that for? The the building as is is getting plenty of events. It's getting all of these the level of events that it can get. What are you doing that for? What is it that's missing that you can get by investing this much money? And the only answer typically ends up being a team. That's the only thing that people can come up with because it's a guaranteed number of dates throughout the course of the year. NCAA tournament games. That's, That's maybe two dates on your calendar every fourth or fifth year. It is not alone something that you can invest this much money in in order to make it worthwhile. And I'm not none of this means that I don't want it to happen. I want it to happen. I want more and better events to come to Baltimore. But the amount of money that's required to do this there is the the, the number of buildings that exist of this caliber without an NBA or NHL tenant are the arena in Kansas City and end of list. These, these types of buildings, modern, legitimate buildings, just don't exist. Which, again, doesn't mean you, you, can't, you can't also do some things to, make the, to put some lipstick on a pig, right? Like, I'm all for anything right now. But in that weird box shape, you're always going to be limited. You essentially have to tear down the entire building in order to make this worthwhile. I, I hope that it comes together. I'm I'm not I don't root against it. I root for it. It's good for the city if it occurs. But it still just doesn't really make sense to me and I and I I, mean, I don't know. I I want to believe Kevin Durant I don't wants I think to, the notion that Kevin that Durant has anything Baltimore, to do I, has, I think that he has anything to do with it is silly. I mean, Kevin Durant happens to be a part of this group. I think the notion that this has anything to do with Kevin Durant is silly. Like no no disrespect to Kevin Durant. Like I I I think that he is inve- has has wants to make money and has a company of people that are trying to help him make money. I don't think this is a Kevin Durant thing in any way. Um, the Baltimore Sun article seemed to imply that he's still wearing number thirty five. I had issue with that. Oh, okay. So why is that? I'll write the editor. I mean like why he wears number seven, I don't know. No, if I you know, knew but that. why do you, why did you think it implies that? Oh, it says Kevin Durant, blah blah blah. This is number thirty five is like the it's related to the name of the, the venture capital group. Oh, okay. And it was like Kevin Durant who plays for the Nets and wears number thirty five. I was like, No. Yeah, I mean he used to. Well he did. He did definitely wear number thirty five. That is true. Yes. He did used to wear the number. Look, I, I, I would just need more info. I need more info about what, what are they trying to accomplish here. We're trying to renovate the building. Thank you. Which to do what? To do what? Host like birthday parties. Okay. I mean, I do think that hundred fifty million dollars to host some birthday parties makes a lot of sense. I just I just need more info. That's it. I, I on, on in in theory, you know, great. Tremendous. In practicality, these things just don't tend to be the exact way that we want them over the years when we hear things about the arena. So uh, I'm hopeful, I guess. I'm not really. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm just saying that to say it. I'm not hopeful. I, it would be neat if I was wrong this time and that this really was something that mattered and could change. And, again, could change knowing it's not likely to land a major tenant. You know, could it? Could there be a second level tenant? That's even that's tricky at this point. 
once upon a time, the thought was it could land a WNBA team. We revitalized the arena. This was an actual plan years ago that the city had for revitalizing the arena with the intended target being a WNBA team. It's tricky even to get that at this point because you're dealing with the fact that they just built a facility in D.C. They're very committed to their team. I don't know. doesn't mean there aren't potentially other teams that would be looking to move, would it? I, I don't I'm know. not familiar with the landscape of the, the thing. NBA I don't, well enough I, to I don't know who that is, and I can't imagine it. that the Leonsises are all that interested in having another franchise right up the road. And they've been so good to that league that I think they would be hard-pressed, the WNBA, to do something that would bother the Leonsises. You just sign Leonsi. away 66% of your TV rights. What's that? Just sign away 66% yeah, I mean that, of your TV that, Yeah, rights correct, <laughs> correct. That's very lucrative, obviously. Everybody knows that. I, it's it's what it is. I don't know who the second level tenant would be. A G League, but I don't think that's very the, the same thing. They just built, they just put a G League team in DC. I don't I don't see a second level tenant even for there to be in that building. I mean, I the Baltimore Blast could play in the building, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know if the Blast and the city's relationship is, you know, it can be repaired at this point. I also don't but know that that's it's not second give you the level. ROI that you're no, I mean they, they had that at the building downtown for years without renovations. Now, I mean, could they? Could it be that that's the only thing that will ever get the blast back is renovations and revitalizing the area, and that that alone proves to be worth it, even for the you know five to eight thousand fans that come out for it. You know, sometimes maybe maybe it is. I don't know. I need to know more about that. All right, we're we're uh, getting everything uh, getting away from me. Uh, quickly, Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The scenarios are up. Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary, and they are giving you all, you are reaping the benefits as they've got the amazing menu for you with the strip steak sandwich as well as the double bacon and cheddar burger, the smoky thigh wings, the turtle cheesecake, the Silver Anniversary IPA, barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains. It's all there at your neighborhood, Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com. Find out more, including how you can win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing down in North Carolina. Three scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday today, numero uno. Perhaps you've heard uh, Tom Brady uh, was on that uh, the show The Shop the other day, and he was talking about where he was going to go this past offseason. And he said one particular team, he was like, you're sticking with that mother effer? Well, Jeff Darlington from ESPN reported yesterday, he says it's the truth that the team that Tom Brady was talking about was the Nolan Saints. Interesting. Interesting. So would you rather, you're the Saints, would you rather have had one more year of Breeze and then the situation that you're in now, or have had to awkwardly force Breeze out in order to turn to Brady? It's a complicated question. It's not just Breeze or Brady. There's a lot more there. Number two. It's also really tough with hindsight being what it is, right? Like, you know. You can you can elevate all, put all that into it. But it's the notion you still have to force Drew Breeze out. No, I understand. I get it. Like, that's. No, I'm, I'm, the, I hear you. I think a lot of people are trying to make it. It's just a Breeze or Brady no, question. No, 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 well, I mean, the Brady won the city. Super Bowl. It's about, it's know, about you know. way more than yeah. that. Number two, would you rather consume 14 shots of tuna and sardine juice and some slurry like Andrew Stecka did last Friday? Or and we did. We didn't do 14, Kyle. We did some slurry. We, we did one shot of slurry. That was enough. Yeah, I agree with that. 
That's not what I'm offering you here. Or you have to attend one entire show and stand right in front of the stage during Limp Bizkit's upcoming concert tour. And number three, inspired by the uh, statistic that we were talking about yesterday that Adam Pohl shared, would you rather Adley Rutschman is the greatest catcher in MLB history, but he's about a 260 hitter. Or he gets moved to first base and is a perennial 335 hitter with 30-plus home runs. Those are your three scenarios. They're up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio, Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Let's... um, Let's let's quickly touch on number one before we take the break. We got uh, Steve Arhood from Showtime joining us here in a minute. Uh, number one, you're the Saints. Would you rather force Breeze out to get Brady, or just do what you did? Do what you did. It's it's too sensitive. It's just it's too awkward, you know. Um, for as much as Drew Breeze means to that city. To make a choice like that, which in the moment, look, I understand. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. We know that now. It was the right choice for the Buccaneers. There's no question about it. But it was still the signing of a 42-year-old quarterback to a $50 million deal, which is yeah, I mean, unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Not exactly something teams would be encouraged to do in most cases. So from where you stood with Breeze and... Look, I mean, his arm was shot. He couldn't push the ball downfield. We understand that. They were still better with Drew Brees than they were without him. They were still a good football team with Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I you can't rock that boat. I 100% agree. I mean, I, I, there's, by the way, and that's overwhelmingly what I'm getting. You, just, you can't do it. Now, somebody, I did get someone, Dave, who compared it to Peyton Manning. Um, the Colts had to force him out. He was... Far easier to do when you had neck fusion surgery and you were doing it for the number one pick who was thought of to be the most pro-ready quarterback in a decade at that point. It's a way different scenario than forcing out a guy who just wanted to play one more year for you for a 40-plus-year-old quarterback that you had no idea if he could play you know, more than one more year. Completely different scenario than comparing it to the Indianapolis Colts. So I can't, I can't join you there. We'll talk more about that and the other Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios as the morning goes on. Today, also, it's like kind of crazy of Brady to have that stance. I, I'm still struggling with it, man. I'm still struggling with that just being fact. Like I'm struggling with that. I, I for him to say that, right. right? Like that's that would almost make me lose. I know I'm not a Tom Brady guy in general, but I would lose respect for Tom Brady as a human if that's really what he was thinking about Drew Brees. Right. Like, dude, this is Drew Brees, right. that, you know, like surefire I, Hall of Famer. I, uh, and and frankly, I, while you're you've had the better career and you've, I don't know that you're definitely a better football player, it just natural skills than Drew Brees was. Yeah. Like I don't know. Certainly argue that he is right. Like, but like, well, he's, he's definitely all outdoors had, and all of that. Correct. And, yeah. I mean, you can say that, but again, it, Drew Brees was a prolific passer before Tom Brady was. I hear you. Tom Brady didn't become that guy until later on in his career. It was around the same time that Brees really like took off with New no, Orleans. Bre- that Brady Brees took off in New Orleans in 2006. And Brady was at that point putting no. up like 4,000 yards in New England, right? Like it was, you know, I would say it that was, you are, you're. He was as 
maybe not the top three prolific, but he was still one of the top like six or seven quarterbacks in football at that time. I mean, okay, fine. If we want to go there, that's uh, we can extend it in order. To, whatever. I, we got to take a break. Yeah, we'll yeah. grab a break. We'll talk about it more later on in the show. Today's show, uh, Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Continue to get your responses. Somebody's winning a $25 gift card. We come back in, we're going to talk some boxing. Trevante Davis is fighting this Saturday night on Showtime. We'll find out more about it. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Thomas Kenzora profiles University of Maryland quarterback Talia Tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the Terps to Big Ten prominence this year. Also inside, Bo Smolka breaks down the Ravens' offensive line, a look at Coppin State's Olympic connection, and much more. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip the devil's backbone brewing company free wings or lots of other great prizes enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary the 25th anniversary menu is available through june 20th come in for great food good sports and family fun Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window 
window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Tweet us Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Today's show also brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia and Tucker Fest this Sunday at Jerry's Toyota. You want to meet the greatest kicker of all time? You can, but you got to get your meet and greet passes right now. By going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. It's a free family fun event. Um, live music, Joey Harkman, Dave Teeth, the Dunk Tank, Cornhole Tournament, Food Trucks. So many. It's just going to be an amazing day. But if you want to meet Justin Tucker, again, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com to get your meet and greet passes. Saturday night, uh, Baltimore's own Gervonta Davis is back in action on Showtime Pay-Per-View. Joining us now to tell us more about the fight he is Showtime boxing analyst Steve Farrow. He's with us on GCR. Steve, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. My pleasure. Always fun to talk about Tank Davis. Um, you know, t- take me through. I think there's a lot that's strange about this fight on Saturday, right? Like the, I don't know if a lot of people here realize there's a there's a change in weight class. Can you take me through how this fight came about and what makes it maybe uniquely compelling? Well, it's definitely uniquely compelling because nobody saw this coming. You know, Tank Davis is coming off the biggest win of his career, which was a knockout, a one-punch knockout of Leo Santa Cruz. But that fight was for two division titles, for the junior lightweight or 130-pound title and the lightweight title, 135 pounds. But because it was for the first title, Tank Davis had to make 130 pounds. Now he's jumping to 140 pounds. It may not sound like a lot, but jumping two weight classes in one fight is a lot, and nobody saw this coming. He's fighting an established 140-pounder who not only is much bigger than him, but much taller with a much longer reach. So I give Tank Davis credit because he's daring to be great. He's daring to do something that nobody saw coming, and if he wins it, it's going to be that much more impressive. So I, I wanted to talk about that. Like I, I guess the question was, what, what's the goal? Is the goal for him to be a three-division champion? Like, is to defend belts at every weight class, or is it ultimately for him to move? Do, do we know all of the plans for Javante Davis at this point? Well, I, I asked him yesterday during our fighter meetings, where did this idea come from? He said it was his idea, and he was supposed to fight a young, undefeated lightweight named Ryan Garcia. The fight didn't happen. So when that broke, fell, fell off, fell out, he, uh, he thought about Barrios, and he, he wants to challenge himself, and I give him credit. And, and if you look at the list, it's a pretty short list of fighters who have won world titles, at 130, 135, and 140 pounds. And I'll give you the names real okay. quick. Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya, Julio Cesar Chavez, Juan Manuel Marquez, Manny Pacquiao, Hector Camacho, Adrian Broner, and Mikey Garcia. That's a, so, you know, that's, that's a pretty, obviously a pretty impressive uh, group of fighters who have done this. And he wants to become the ninth guy to do it. Javante so Davis. Javante Davis, Mario Barrio, Saturday night Showtime pay-per-view. Steve Farhood is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, I, it, can he do this, Steve? I guess is the next relevant question, right? Like we've we've seen him struggle. We've seen him have some sluggish fights in the past. Um, we've also seen, obviously, as you pointed out with Santa Cruz, the spectacular. Can can he make this jump? 
Well, that, that's what makes this fight so interesting. There's really no way to know how effective he's going to be at this weight, nor do we even know what he's going to weigh in at. You know, just because the fight's for a 140-pound title doesn't mean he has to weigh 140 pounds. He can weigh less. Sure. But he's fighting a very good fighter who's undefeated also. And anytime you fight an undefeated fighter, you can't be sure how good that fighter is. So even though Gervonta Davis is a favorite, it's not only an intriguing fight to think about who might win, but it's an intriguing fight to think about how the fight might be fought. Is Davis, who's much shorter, going to try to get inside, or is he going to use his boxing ability? Is Barrios, who sometimes fights a little bit too much for his own good, is he going to fight on the inside, or is he going to try to make it an outside fight and use his reach and height advantage? So there are a lot of question marks here to be answered, and that's one of the reasons it's, a, it's an intriguing fight. Do you think that Trevante may be at a little bit of risk due to his style? I mean, he's certainly a willing puncher. His power is very impressive for a fighter of his size. But do you think in this weight class that could maybe get him into trouble? Well, you know, his, his knockout rate record is 24 wins, 23 knockouts. But that is at a lighter weight. Now, can he carry that weight? Can he carry that power two divisions? You know, it, it's, I, I can't see a fight where he just comes in and knocks out Barrios inside of five rounds. I just can't see it. I, I don't think he can carry his power with him that clear, cleanly. But if he pressures, <coughs> excuse me, if he pressures Barrios, and gets inside, and and hammers away, because Barrios can have defensive lapses. Um, there's a chance in the second half of the fight that Davis might be able to stop him. But that again, that's part of the intrigue of this fight. Steve, um, I want to ask you a broader picture. Obviously, it's been um, it's been a fascinating year for the sport of boxing because most of it isn't boxing. It's 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 sideshow. It's nonsense, right? It, it, the importance of someone who is an attraction in the sport, like Javante Davis, performing, doing well, and maybe setting up one of the bigger fights that we've wanted him to see for the overall health of the sport right now. Yeah, it's a it's a fair point. Um, you know, there, there's been a, a shift this year toward old timers fighting each other, toward Floyd Mayweather doing exhibitions. These are all fine, but if if that's what turns you on, then pay for it and watch it. That's fine. I'm more of a purist, of course, but I think that when you get two prime fighters evenly matched who are at their best and outstanding, perhaps both undefeated, there's really nothing like that. And that, that's what made the Four Kings so great, you know, Duran, yep. Hagler, Hearns, yep. and Leonard, uh, which is a, a, oh, a, a documentary, documentary so on Showtime good. right now. Oh, it's great. so good. Yeah, but, but I mean, it, you know, boxing doesn't have to excuse itself. When it's right, when it's done right, and we wish it was done right more often, when it's done right, it's fantastic. And, you know, fights like, like this, an intriguing, compelling fight like this, remind us that it doesn't have to always be about Jake Paul and Logan Paul and... You know, guys like this, it can be about real fighters who have been dedicating themselves to the sport yeah. since they're little kids. It's a hell of a thought, and, and I am with you. It does nothing for me, any of that other stuff. I have passed on all of it. Um, the, the, uh, the, again, I don't want to advance too far because he's got to win the fight on Saturday night, but, but project for me, if you would, Steve, if, if Gervonta does do this, w what do you want to see him do next? I feel like one of the criticisms has been the, the big super fights just haven't come together do we want to see one of the, what do you want to see Gervonta do if he get takes care of business on Saturday night? Well, if he looks really, really good, then he's going to have to make a decision on what weight class he wants to fight in. I would like to see him fight in lightweight, one, one division down from this fight at 135. There are plenty of big-name fighters to fight at 135, Tiafimo Lopez, uh, Devin Haney, 
lots of big names. Now, politics gets in the way, and a lot of times if fighters fight for different promoters or different TV networks, you can't make the fight. That's that's a problem for Javante Davis. That's one of the reasons this yeah. fight was made, because Barrios is a PBC fighter, an Al Heyman fighter like, like Javante Davis. So what we want to see and what we might be able to see realistically could be two different things. That's always been a problem, uh, especially of late in boxing. Can you give can can you give me both scenarios? Best best case and more likely scenario for what's next. Well, the best case from a fan's perspective is he looks fantastic winning the fight, and you know the 140 pound division is the only division right now in boxing that has only one real, real, truly recognized champion, and that's Josh Taylor from right. Scotland. And if Gervonta Davis could fight Josh Taylor, who has all four major belts. That would be fantastic. And, and I saw that, t- Taylor was throwing some shade at at, your, at this, right? Like, said this was like a Mickey Mouse belt that he was fighting for? Yeah, Barrios' belt is a, is a secondary belt. Yeah. Nonetheless, you know, a lot of people recognize it. I know we do at Showtime. So if Davis wins, he will become a three-division champion. But if he wants the real belt at 140, Josh Taylor holds it. And Josh Taylor holds all four belts. And, you know, fighters love belts. And if they can win and become a undisputed champion, well, that's pretty special. There's only been... I have five undisputed champions in the four-belt era. So, Trevante, if he looks good against Barrios, I would think he'd want Josh Taylor. Whether that fight could be made or not, separate question. Can you give me the more likely scenario? Is that the... More likely scenario is he drops back down to 135 or even fights again at 130, although that's probably unlikely, and fight, continues to fight you know, PBC fighters because so, those fights are, are, can, can be made. Um, what else should we be excited about, Steve? You know, you 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 love this sport. Everybody knows that. You care deeply about this sport. What else should we be excited about for people that have been turned off, right, by the last few months? What else should we be excited about as we move towards the summer? Well, there's there's a lot of good young fighters. You know, what did the recently there was a spotlight on Floyd Mayweather and on these internet fighters and and you know fake fighters and everything else. But there are a lot of very, very good, very, very young fighters in boxing. Fighters like Tank Davis, fighters like David Benavides, fighters like Devin Haney and Tifimo Lopez. There are a lot of fighters in their early 20s who are outstanding, probably more at that age than there have been in years. And if the focus is on those guys and if they fight each other, which, of course, is never a guarantee in boxing, yeah. but if they fight each other, that would, be, that would do a lot for the, the current health of the sport. How... How close is Truck Simpson to being among the group of fighters? Well, he's, I would call him a, a, a prospect at this point. He hasn't broken through yet, but he's certainly a good prospect. I called one of his fights uh, a year ago or so. Um, he's, he's looking good. He's looking good. And, of course, he has Gervonta, the good and the bad, to, to follow uh, in his footsteps. I mean, look, we are we are we are selfish, right? We want to believe that there is a Baltimore takeover of boxing that's occurring, <laughs> but it's it's um, it's 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 slowly moving. It hasn't it hasn't produced the fruit that we were ho- we were hoping it was going to be like him, Truck, and uh, Hawkins, all those guys, Reeves. They were just going to take over the sport altogether, and it was going to be a Baltimore dominated sport for years to come. We'll settle for the fact that Gervonta has been. Uh, uh, clearly the real deal and, and someone that people want to uh, tune in to see fight. Uh, yeah, and if, you, if you get one, that that's pretty good. Malik yeah. Hawkins has been a little bit of a disappointment. Yep. I, I had high hopes for him. Uh, we'll see what Simpson does. But uh, but Javante uh, has made it, and if you get one out of three or four, that's that you're batting pretty good in, in boxing. What else on this card Saturday night should we be aware of for people that are ordering the fight on a Showtime pay-per-view, Steve? Well, there's, uh, there's an outstanding 154-pound fight, Erickson Lubin against uh, Jason Rosario. Um, that that will go a long way to determining who gets the next title fight at 154. And uh, there's uh, there's a fight between uh, there's a fight named fighter named Batir Akhmedov, 
who fought Barrios, and a lot of people felt he beat Barrios, and he's going to be on the card against Arhanis Mendez. So Akhmedov will get a title fight if he wins as well. So you're looking at a couple of guys who, who are knocking on the door of, of fighting for a world title again. Again, it's all Saturday night on Showtime at Pay-Per-View. You can order the fight. It's a Premier Boxing Champions card. As Javante Davis takes on Mario Barrios in the main event. Uh, Saturday night down in Atlanta. Steve, what can I plug for you, sir? Social media, you know, any 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 other projects you have that you're working on? What else can I plug for you? Well, I I I, I strongly recommend people watch the uh, the the Kings documentary right. on Showtime. It's on Sunday nights. I think they're I don't know down to number three or four out of four, but it's outstanding, and uh, I contributed to that. And uh, I'm at Steve Steve Farhood at on Twitter at Steve Farhood and. Uh, that's about it. I look forward to uh, the 20th anniversary of Showbox, our series on Showtime. Oh, that's cool. That's coming in July, and uh, everything else is good. Excellent. Steve Farhood, greatly appreciate taking the time for us this morning. We look forward to seeing you Saturday night as uh, uh, Tank, Tank, <laughs> Tank Davis gets back in the ring. I talk for a living, believe it or not. <laughs> Pre appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, Steve. I appreciate you having me on. Steve Farhood from Showtime Boxing. I don't know what just happened there. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been recurring a little bit too much in my life. These days, I don't care for it much. By the way, it, the only thing that's tough about this for me, I, this is what I want. I want boxing to be boxing. Sure, right? Fight people like, who are capable yes, of beating you. Correct. I want. I want that to be. That's what's made me fall out of love with boxing. I mean, I, I, I used. There have been I, a I lot mean, of issues, but when politics, it comes to like the the fact that Manny up the Pacquiao Mayweather fight didn't happen. That that's a different thing, right? These these are two different things. That was bad. What we've gotten is far worse. I get it. Sideshows. Like, at least it was still boxing when we got it. At least it was still the sport. Even if it wasn't the fighters fighting against each other in their prime, mm -hmm. at least it was still actual boxing. What sure. we're getting now is middle fingers. Like, what we're getting now is... I, I know circus. I know nothing about whatever that YouTube versus TikTok thing was that they... That they no, they not, did and and boxing. everybody was talking about it like that's and that's what's being fed is being boxing. I I am grateful when there are actual fights that matter and they're actually boxing. Now, the, even those we're still going to critique and we're going to complain about, and we might complain about the cost of the pay per view card. And we might complain about all those things, but at least it's boxing. Mm -hmm. Like at least it's. It's a real thing that exists. I'm thinking about wandering over to uh, an establishment to watch the fight on Saturday night. Hoping to do that. Um, we'll see how my night goes. But Javante um, Davis is back in action on Saturday night on Showtime Pay-Per-View. And appreciate Steve Farhood joining us this morning to tell us more about it. Today's show is also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repair. For just the cost of your home insurance deductible, give them a call right now, 410-401-9797, or go to C3America.com for your free analysis. And, of course, C3 brings you the Stand the Fan Variety Hour twice a week, every week, on Facebook Live on Monday night. Stan and Ross Grimsley caught up with Ironbirds General Manager Jack Graham. If you missed that, you can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com. As always, Stan Shows, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. We come back in, Drew Forrester, uh, a, a re an athlete, an accomplished athlete, joins us. I guess we're going to do a, a normal Drew segment, so I apologize in advance. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe the most accomplished, never mind, just just 
It's Glenn Clark Radio. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Hey, this is Chris Rowland from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teef. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Ballard Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off 
every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio Radio at glennclarkradio.com. Back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, a couple people have asked me if I was going to talk about the Max Scherzer stuff from last night. Um Sure, baseball's got an issue. P- plain and simple, they've got a problem. New one too. Yes, correct. They've they've in in the course of what they were suggesting was solving a problem, they've instead created a brand new problem. A new form of gamesmanship. This is absurd. Now it addresses something that we brought up. Somebody said, "Well, if you're only going to check them once, then couldn't they just switch hats and?" So somebody would argue you got to check them at all times, but it's becoming ridiculous. Can't be at the behest of the opposing manager all I, the time. <laughs> like, because if you're, I, frankly, I'm not trying to defend Joe Girardi because I that really was, don't like it Joe was, Girardi. Yeah, he's unlikable, and that was clearly clown shoes last night. But it goes a step beyond that, which is somebody would say, if you're an opposing manager, why wouldn't you constantly ask for checks just to try to screw with the pitcher and and get in his head? If that's an option for you, and you got a guy who's in a zone, why wouldn't you attempt? To mess with that guy by asking, zone, chief. yeah, right, yeah. Why wouldn't you try to mess with it? Why wouldn't you try to do that? Which doesn't defend. I'm not trying to use that to defend Joe Girardi because I do. I think that was a joke, but I get it. You got it at your disposal to take advantage of that. I don't know. I don't have a simple answer for you. And all of the other things, like Max Scherzer saying last night, he could not get a grip on the ball. And the one that got away from him that nearly hit um, Blom in the head, he said, look, man, if that's what if that's what they want, if they want us to not be able to grip the ball and to have it come loose a couple of times and and that type of stuff to happen, they're getting what they want. It didn't make sense that baseball went from um, you know, the extreme to the extreme to nothing. Everybody said that. That makes no sense. What the what the the middle area is between the two things, nobody seems to know. That this this ain't it. All these guys you know, having to get cavity searched at all times, this is, it's it's embarrassing. I mean, couldn't you just... It's laughable. ...figure out a way to make sure they can't switch hats or gloves? During the course of the game? Yeah. No. There's no, no that's, that's... How would you do that? Put a tracking chip on the glove they're using and the hat they're using. I mean, if it's no on. longer there, then you're, you're not wearing the same glove and hat, you know? Like... But they could go back to the clubhouse with the glove and put the stuff in the the glove in the clubhouse and get around that. Don't let them in the clubhouse. Come on, man! You can, somebody has to pee at some point. No, give them a Dude, you're, you're, diaper. No, the answer is no. That can't be done. It can't be. Come on. Now the answer might be you check them every time they walk out to the mound. 
Maybe that's the answer. Maybe the answer is every time a pitcher walks towards the mound, you check them. It's 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 theatrical. It's 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 silly, right? But that might be what the answer has to be. We will check every time you come out of the dugout to walk towards the mound or every time you come out of the bullpen towards the mound, we're going to check. And every time the next inning starts, we're going to check. But once the inning starts, that's it. It would be better than what they're doing. It still seems silly and and comical. But this is part of the problem of trying to fix something in the middle of the season and not really knowing what you're doing. Eh, we'll just we'll just do it because there's this outrage towards this other thing. So we have to address that. Well, what do you do about this? What do you do about the situation you've put yourself in now? Because this ain't solving a damn thing. This is it it is making everything dramatically more worse for only the sake of being able to tell people, well, we tried to fix it. We tried we tried to fix the problem. This is the NFL instead of... Well, there's no obvious solution for this. Yeah, problem. the NFL did have an obvious solution. They just decided to go with this absurd, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll review pass interference and never overturn <laughs> one in the history of ever. Um, I, there's, there is no answer. I've got, I've got no answer to this. None. Zero. Nothing. And, and that's a bigger problem. I... The, the suggestion that baseball doctors the balls themselves or allow sunscreen and rosin, right? Like as well, the, that, that, but how, I think the problem is how, how do you do tell you the difference? It's, well, sunscreen how, and rosin is not a brown sticky substance, but, right? Like it's not a, you know, like you can tell when a pitcher has a really dirty hat and it's like, I, huh. I, I understand that, right? Like I, un- I understand that to some extent, you know, I mean, I get that the hackers will find yes. a way to then make a substance. Correct. You know, I get it. Correct. That they will change the color in order to get away with what they want to get get away with. They'll figure out a way to do it. If I, I, this is what makes this so difficult to me. This is what makes it almost impossible and leans me back to what Ross Grimsley said, which was, "This has always been part of baseball. Just penalize the guys that are doing it absurdly." It's too hard to say who is and who isn't, though. Like, 73% of pitchers had a drop in spin rate. I understand that. Like, I, I, I completely get that. And I think you're accepting that. Is, I think that that was his – you just accept it as part of baseball. It has existed forever. I get it. I mean, I get it, but it's not like this is the argument, right? That's the that's But the part difference. of it was that, like, if people were doing it to an abs- – they were absurdly doing it. That it was very obvious to everyone. Well, they're honing it in a lab. What do you mean? Sliders are refined. Well, yeah, that's a, diff- that's a different. That's a different. That's a different conversation. The spin rate he and was all talking that, right? about the specifics of guys were the Michael Pinedas of the Should world. I bring Drew in to talk about this. If he's there, I've been waiting. I don't. He's he, yeah, he's here. Not on video. His video is not working, evidently. But he is here. What? He talks. What, Drew, what, do, you mean, to what do you mean your video yourself? is not working? It's not working. I don't know why. I did a podcast the other night um, with a golf. Um, I did a golf podcast and the. My, I noticed my start video thing had a slash through it, and I said to the guy, "Let me enable my video real quick." And he's like, "No, no, no, it's audio only." So I didn't, I didn't even mess with it. And then when I turned my machine on today, I got the same slash, and uh, my video doesn't work. It just seems like you probably don't understand technology. If I had no, to no, no, I know more about technology. I forgot more about technology than you know. Well, they don't use beta tape anymore, Drew. 
They're, um, yeah, they do. <laughs> there's a reason why you're competing at the senior open, pal. There's a reason why it's the senior. They're they're seniors, but they're active seniors. That's where you're going to be. Good morning. How are you? How about the ESPN headline the other day that said um, the seed is the first actively gay player in the history of the NFL? Well, he is. Openly, I don't know. What I mean, openly like, active. Yeah, yeah. He is. No, but I mean, it said actively gay. Well, I mean, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> what what is your... meant to say? Yes. he is first gay a- active, active player. player. I get it, right? But like, right. yeah, I mean, that's. I think that both are still true. I think. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. I guess but... he has to be participating. I, oh, you're suggesting that somebody else was doing it behind closed doors. But that's well, the they were still open. Active, I don't know. Right, anyway. But that's not what the headline said. Is Drew's point? It didn't say that. It said actively gay. But how can you right. prove? that it was happening before if they hadn't come out. That's I, It's a fair point. It's a fair point. The baseball um, thing's hilarious. It's it's hilarious in that it, it's, it's so very baseball for them to have done nothing, heard all this outrage, and said, right. well, we better do something, and clearly I have no idea what they're doing, and right. just do it anyway. Like, and you could do it, by the way, in October and come up with a nice way to implement it rather than do it in the middle of June. I don't. I don't even know if that really makes a lot of sense, right? Like, I think well, this has to be an off-season thing that you. That's what I said. October. Oh, you're, I, I thought you meant for the postseason. Yeah. yeah there's the no, no, no. I meant after yeah. the season's over. Yeah. Sit down and say, okay, here's how we're going to adjudicate this, and we'll implement it in the spring, not in the middle of June. Yeah, I mean, this is it's it's ridiculous. It's it's plainly ridiculous. It's creating you know it, it, great embarrassment. It's and it's, every one of these guys is going to figure out a way to cheat. Anyway, that, and that's I keep coming back to that, man. Like I just keep coming back to, and this is what Grimsley said that this has existed in baseball forever. We just have more data now than we had before, right? Like our obsession with spin rate and what it's doing for spin rate is based on us having more information about spin rate. It's not because something significant has changed. It's because we have more information now than we had in the past. No doubt, this has always been part of the game. We've always accepted it. We're suddenly freaking out about it because a few stories were written, and so we're screaming and yelling, and there's absolutely this underlying thing where baseball might have wanted players and hit, or pitchers and hitters to fight with each other so that there was infighting in the Players Association leading up to a, a CBA negotiation, and so this could have all been their doing, but it's just such an... Like it's such an unnecessary embarrassment. Was, no doubt. Was anybody up in arms about... The way that baseball was three weeks ago in relation to would any average person give a rat's ass about any of this? I I mean, it it is so baseball. Oh, three years ago, we knew we had this problem. We didn't really do anything about it then. All of a sudden, none of the hitters can get hits anymore, and the games are all three to one. Now we're going to do something. But it, but it like it it, it still didn't. And, and everybody said, "Hey, you're ignoring the dead ball part of this too, right? Like you're you're ignoring that and trying to make this all about the pitchers having such an insane advantage." And I get it; the the pitchers had quite the advantage through this. But it's not the entirety of the story. It also reflects on the fact that all anybody's doing anymore is swinging for a home run. Like right. the notion that all of this happened just because pitchers were putting substances on the balls ignores the fact that they were doing it before now. Like, they didn't start doing this last year. I know. It, it's so eerily reminiscent to the steroid thing in that everyone knew players were using steroids and baseball's like, well, I don't know. The attendance is pretty good. Right. Correct. Yeah, we're just going to. And now 
Jacob deGrom has a 0.50 ERA, and they're like, well, something has to change. Right, right. We better do something about this. We can't have any ERAs be less than two. We better. I think he might be doing it regardless, to be honest. He, he's on another level. Like, yes, I, I mean, he's, he's a oh, machine. I, I, sure, sure, sure. But, I mean, every one of these guys, I mean, it, every one of these guys, they're all doing it. I mean, they just are. I don't know what, you know, to what degree, who knows, but they're all doing it. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in agreement, and I... Somebody would say, well, the answer can't just be that you let them cheat. I, okay, you, you keep saying that. I, I, do you think the people have stopped trying to steal signs since the Houston Astros got busted a couple years ago? Do you think that's out of baseball at this point? No. I don't think so for even a second. There was a guy last week who ran a thread about um, all of the people within the sport that he's talked to and all of the various things they do to try to steal signs. Like, I, this is – people try to compete in thir- – or people try to cheat – in Thursday night beer kickball leagues, sure. I, th- this is this is for millions upon millions of dollars. They're going to do everything in their power to try to get one over, and this this ain't it. I don't know what is. I don't know what the and admit that I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how baseball solves this because in theory, should guys be be scuffing up balls and and putting spider tack on them? I don't. I don't think so. I, I think the easier way to do it, honestly, is sort of kind of the way that football dealt with their um, marijuana problem. And without getting into names, but I think you, you, smoke you, time you know time this time. from all your times there. All those dudes, all those dudes. Well, yeah, you had. I'm, I'll, I'll make a general statement. All those guys are smoking marijuana, right? Correct. We all know that. Yes. The issue is you never know when you're going to get tested. Well, this, the, the best way to do this would be to say you're all eligible to get your gloves and hats confiscated. We do not need to tell you when it's going to happen, but you're going to all get it. And you go out to Scherzer in three weeks and you check him. And if he's got it on him, you kick him out for 10 days. But doing it every single start, you know, like he said last night, I, if I want to do this, I'm going to do it. I mean, he basically said that. He said, look, I'm not, I wasn't going to do it tonight. I'd have to be a fool to do it tonight. I mean, he said that. He's like, look, I'm not going to do it tonight when I know you're checking me. Right. Well, when you're but, going to do it is when you don't know that I'm checking. But the, but, but the answer is, if you're a manager, why wouldn't you keep checking, right? Like, I, and I'm not trying to defend Joe Girardi because that was it was comical last night. But, right. like, if you're a manager and a guy's dominating, you just said this a couple minutes ago, why not? Why not try to screw right. with them? Why not ask for checks? Why wouldn't you participate in this absurdity because you think it might help your team? I, again, not defending Girardi, but his point about, like, I'm trying to do what's best for my team, there is something to be said for that, which is, this guy's kicking my ass. Why not try to mess with him in whatever way that I can? Right. It's terrible. Come I mean, it, but it, it is so... Yes, it's so very baseball. It's, it's so, so baseball. very baseball for this to be... Yeah. They have invented a problem that didn't really exist. They, or, if did, or if it did exist, it was almost not fixable on the fly. Correct. Correct. It was something it might that might not be fixable at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. the, and there is still the argument of like guys that say, "I do, I want pitchers to have something. I don't, I don't want them to I not be able glass, to get a grip the on glass the glass." Now, part yeah, of all remember of this the is, line in, in Bull Durham when he buzzed one near that guy's head, and Kevin Costner said, "I wouldn't be digging in there if I were you." Right. I have no idea where the next one's going. Correct. Like, I think that the glass now part of this is the most interesting of it all. I mean, is there's, that there's the, the part argument. It's interesting too. The for pitchers sure. making the distinction themselves. 
among their peers between sunscreen and rosin and spider tack, right? Like the idea that, you know, these are truly used for different purposes, one of which is unfair, the other has been around forever. And so, you know, as we said before, when you were like muted, um, their pitchers will figure out a way to have a clear substance that has a similar effect to spider tack if they're so inclined or so interested. 100%. Um, so I don't know that there's a way to, other than just being like, here's your sunscreen and rosin, guys. We're providing right, we're, it we're for We're giving you. it. And that's uh, that is the only thing I've come up with is that you have baseball doctor the balls for the pitchers, right? Like, Oh, I have a cut on my finger. I need a Band-Aid that just happens to be double-sided. Right. They're going to figure it yeah. out. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. All right, uh, tell me about... By the, by the way, the Orioles lost again, I'll say 3-1. Okay, thank you. Although, Jorge, well, Jorge yeah. Lopez pitched well, and has actually... He, well. he is, he is hey, probably... What? It was actually something to be proud about last night. Uh, all right, all right. How was that? Pretty I got, good? I got nothing. Mullen's got an RBI. I got nothing for it. Okay, neat. Should have had more. He got uh, robbed on that one. Okay. Um, I, I have nothing else. I, I'm sorry. I wish I could sit here and have a compelling conversation about it, but I can't. I got I got nothing to say about well, it. Well, some of us like the team. Sure. Yeah, what, do, what do you want to say? Uh, go O's. Okay, there we go. That's what I thought. Now, moving on. Um, I, I, John Rahm, it, great story. Great story. Again, I, I don't care about golf, but I get it. It's a great story, right? The way that this guy handled himself when he could have become – you know, uh, public, you know, a-hole, the, the biggest a-hole on the planet after he gets kicked out of the tournament and everybody's screaming about, why couldn't you just let him play? He could have, have gone nuclear. He could have lost his mind. Instead, he, he handles everything like a gentleman. He says, I understand there are rules. I understand what happened. He does everything above board. I think it was easy for even a casual golf observer to be happy for him in winning this tournament over the weekend. Is John Rahm now a guy that's a threat to win five or six major championships or a guy that'll be in the mix and might win one or two more as his career goes on? He'll win all four of them. Okay, that's bold. When, he, when he's done, he'll, he'll, he'll win all four. Wow. He, he's won the hardest one of them all, I think. Um, you know, he, his game is perfect for Augusta. He moves the ball left to right. There's only a few hook holes there. The hook holes that he encounters, um, you know, the big ones are 2 and 15. He's The way the golf course sets up, he is able to play that ball out to the right and still get enough of use of the hill to get the ball in position to get on the green in two shots. Most of the rest of the holes are all fade holes. Um, he, he's going to win them all, I think. I, I'm, there is no question he was going in to it the best player without a major. Mm-hmm. I, some, I like Cantlay as well, but he's he is legit. He's a gamer. Um, he's fu- he's a, you know he's he's a oh boy he's a better golfing version of Seve in that he hits it way straighter off the tee than Seve. His irons are much better. The only thing Seve had over him was a much better short game because Seve had to use his short game. And Seve wasn't a great putter, but Seve made a lot of great putts in his career. Um, this kid's definitely the real deal. I mean, he he could win at Royal St. George's later on this month or later on the summer. He could win the Masters next year. He he's he's going to win a lot. He'll win all four. I really believe that. Um, uh, you know, I, I I obviously I've got nothing to say to any of that because I can't do that type of analysis, but. I I find him compelling, you know, not just because you know, it, it, like the, you know, obviously all the stuff with his kid there and his wife and them 
getting engaged. I mean, the story, it's, but I find him to be a compelling, interesting figure. Can he capture the imagination of people that aren't just ardent golf fans? Mm, yeah, I don't know about that. I, I think, you know, when he first came out, he was a lot like Garcia, um, kind of hot-headed. Now, remember, Rom grew up in Spain but came here for college. Sergio did not do any of that. So Sergio's Spanish blood probably runs a little thicker and deeper. Mm-hmm. Rom came here, played in college. He's a really big yeah. deal, by the way. Out, they, 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 the people in Arizona love him. They yeah, love yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, he he's – so his – his ability to kind, you know, someone got to him at some point pretty early on and said, Hey, you can't, every time you hit a bad shot, you can't act like a maniac. It's not going to help you play better golf. People said that to Garcia, but he had no context by which to trust someone this kid's had a lot of people along the way, coaches in, in college, um, agents, people that have been able to kind of convince him like, Hey, you got to ease off the temper thing a little bit and be a little be a little more professional and now that he's done that now he doesn't run as hot as he used to it's definitely definitely helped him no question about it um you know i I, i'm happy for him i I am and i don't care about golf right but i'm i'm happy for him i like to see and i know you wrote something about like the oostazen as well at your website and how they handled themselves i i i I like that i like when when guys that that seem deserving of the moment have the moment and i know that oostazen it was in a losing effort but i i i don't know selfishly i enjoy that too ricky's oyster house oh oostazen was awesome hold on i'm plugging my computer in ah good maybe it'll make the the camera work maybe you'll, you'll you'll fix that somehow Uh, it's not going to help that but uh, but it will help me keep the battery going um Oosthuizen was awesome you know he his for whatever weird reason with him and he's finished now runner-up six times great player not a great closer just never has been and doesn't doesn't mean that he's not you know doesn't mean he's not a great player he's only won one golf tournament on the PGA Tour in his career which was the British Open wasn't even here he's never won a tournament on American soil. He, he's a terrific player, great ball striker, but he's not a closer. He's never been. Right. And, you know, um, but he handled it well. And I thought other than obviously the drive at 18, which was really unlucky. I mean, two more yards, he's in the fairway. He's got 220 in, you know, he may or may not have made Eagle, but he would have had a shot at the green. He had no shot obviously there. Um, cause he couldn't get his club on, you know, couldn't get enough club on the ball to get it high enough to stop it. But he, he's, he's a very, very good player. He plays great in the majors. He just doesn't close for whatever weird reason. It's, I don't think there's anything you can put your finger on and say, you know, I mean, he didn't hit a great drive at 17, but the hole worked against him. He's a, he cuts the ball off the tee and the hole was a hook hole. Um, but that clearly that making bogey there was, you know, that's the pretty end, much right. awesome Yeah, it was the end. Uh, since we're speaking, by the way, John Rahm will definitely be part of uh, the BMW Championship, which is coming to Caves Valley. Get your tickets yep. right now. BMWChampionship.com. The PGA Tour's top 70 golfers all coming to Baltimore for the BMW Championship at Caves Valley. Now, if you win the Senior Open, are you in, or how does how does that work exactly? Yeah, I don't think I get enough points for that you one. You don't think that's quite going to get you in the top <laughs> 70? I don't think that's going to be I the case. I don't think so. Hey, I'll just go spectate at that one. Here's my: Have you changed like the way like the, since since you qualified? When you go to a range or when you go out to 
to play a, a round. Are you changing what you're doing? Are you like practicing now specifically for yes. what? Okay. All right. What does that What does that look like? I have only played one round of golf since last Monday. I played Saturday at, at my club. Um, oddly enough, I shot 67, which was by far my best round here of the year. Um, I, all I've been doing is working on my short game. I've just, I just was out there for an hour a day. I hit about 125, 30 yard shots. All I'm doing between now and the time I leave is, um, working on my short game. I'm not, I'm not playing much. I dropped out of our stroke play championship here this weekend because I just don't feel like being emotionally invested. Mm, that's in a problem for me because I put a lot of money on you. So that's going to be, it's going to yeah, be a well, bit I'm of an out. issue. But um, yeah, I've changed. I've just changed my routine because I realized given the length of the golf course that there will be some par four holes that I may not be able to get to in two shots. Or if I'm not able to hit the fairway off the tee, I may have to lay it out and try to make up for the old fashioned way. So I'm, I'm definitely work just practicing. I'm not playing any golf. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to play next Wednesday. I have, I have something at the club I have to play in next Wednesday. But other than that, I don't plan on playing any golf till I get out there. I saw that you're getting a car for the week. Do you know yet if there's anything else that, like, do you get, like, any other freebies? Do you get any, uh, you know, like, spawn? Is there somebody that comes in and is like, here's... Well, I mean, there's, there's food and stuff every day. I mean, there's... A, no, but there's I mean, like, stuff that you get to take with you, not just, like, stuff well, you get... I don't get to... get to take the car much to Ethan's No, I, but I get that. I mean, like, is there anything else? Do they, do they give um, you, like, a year's worth of golf balls or something uh, like that? Like, I think they do have a gift they give all the players. I don't know what that is. Okay. But, they do. They do have a gift that they give everyone. Um, but I haven't. I don't know. I mean, I. I just know Ethan was very disappointed when he found out we had to give the car back. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. In fairness, I he was. He's probably starting to do the math on what car is going to be his in like, a couple years. He was very excited, and then when I said, "E, we have to give it back," he said, "Well, can you at least ask if we can get a convertible?" <laughs> We're out there. I mean, he's got to ask, right? And I, yeah, I said I don't. I think Fred Couples can ask. Maybe, for yeah, maybe. Right. I don't hey, think you get the '94 <laughs> Lexus. <laughs> that's I don't think I can work. ask for a convertible. I think I could ask, but I think they would say, "Who is this guy?" Yeah, in fairness, that's probably what they're going to do the entire time you're there. For what it's yeah, worth. maybe right. They're going to be like, very much so. Like, oh, you you made it. Okay, well, right. great, great. Congratulations. <laughs> Happy to see but you. Yeah, I'm getting um. You know, I'm ramping up and I'm practicing and I'm I'm trying. Everyone that I've talked to about this has kind of said the same thing. Like, don't burn yourself out with, you know, practicing. I mean, sure. I, I've definitely hit balls every day, maybe sometimes up to an hour, but I haven't had like a crazy four hour rain session. I'm still icing myself every day like I always do. I, I can't. Well, I do, but I do that too. In fairness, right? <laughs> I can't take ibuprofen. I'm allergic to it, so I've never. I've I've been an icer pretty much my whole life. Like I've constantly iced myself. And, and take acetaminophen. Acetaminophen. I know, but it's not the same thing. It's not an anti-inflammatory, there, kid. Yeah. Um, All right. Thanks, Doc. Yeah. Right. You're welcome, <laughs> um, Stick with them. You're gonna learn one day. Yep. You'll learn. You'll yeah, learn. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm just. I can't. I don't sleep very well. But other than that, I'm good. I mean, but who needs that, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> When's that ever helped anyone? Right. Did Did you get any answers about the amateur thing? Can we Can we start to make plans for how we can use this to benefit helping up mission? Yes, um, you can do all of that you want. Okay, 
All right, then I will. That's what I'll do. I need a suggestion from everybody of what we're going to do. If we're going to uh, donate a dollar based on every stroke. That's a I mean, what what do you if 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 you play That's what I would say. Yeah. If you want to put something together that um is some um, and I'm just going to say um I don't know. I guess if you want to say something like a dollar a par. Yeah. Par. I don't know. I mean, $2 a par, and if I make a birdie, $5. I don't know. You, okay. You, okay. you guys can talk about that off air if you want. All right. All right. I like that. We'll work on that, but we want people to step up and, uh, and be willing to make those donations. So we will work on that over the course of the next week. Okay. Yeah, that would be cool. All right. Um, uh, we're going to have you play Would You Rather Wednesday. Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. I'm going to give you all three scenarios, in fact, this week. Let's see, how, see what you think about them. Number one. Uh, are you aware of Tom Brady's comments? Um, I read one this week, but go ahead. Um, so he apparently went on the uh, the sh- the shop, and he said that there was one particular team that he was talking yeah. to last off season. Yeah, I heard. And that. he said, "You're sticking with that mother effer." Right. And um, I be Denver, right? Well, not according to Jeff Darlington from ESPN. Jeff Darlington from ESPN says the truth. He reports this as a fact. Is that the team he was talking about was the New Orleans Saints? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. we, you're the Saints. We go back a year ago, right? <laughs> would you rather keep Drew Brees around for one more year, knowing he was probably going to go and that you're going to be stuck in the situation that you're in right now, or be forced to toss him to the curb in order to be able to sign Tom Brady? Boy, that is a tough one. Yeah. You know, it's a tough one because there aren't there aren't really many guys in the league that are, are that are sort of iconic in that, you know, you you just identify them with the franchise. Obviously, Breeze is one, mm-hmm. Roethlisberger is one. Um I think Russell Wilson's got himself there. Uh, really? Yep, I do. I 100% think he's gotten himself there. I don't know about I don't know about iconic, but anyway, I, I, if you said to Drew Brees, you've got to go play somewhere else for a year, like Philip Rivers did, because we don't want you anymore. I don't know. I think it's a bad way to end it, and I, and I don't know. I mean, look, is Brady a more accomplished quarterback than Drew Brees? Of course. Is he a better quarterback? Everyone would say yes, but I just don't know if that's good. F- if that's good form, I, I don't. Know. I couldn't do it. There's no way. There's yeah. no way I could do it. Not a I chance mean, it in would hell. Be, it would be. It's different a little bit, I think, with like Roethlisberger because he's his play has been spotty. Breeze's play, or even Rogers, like what the Packers are going through, like. Their play has largely been acceptable and more than acceptable. Well, he was the MVP of the league last year. Well, I'm talking about Breeze, really, though. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Breeze was done. He was done. He was shot. His arm was shot. Yeah, that, and there you could make the argument. You could make a better argument that Breeze there were there were going to be limitations to what he could do because you could already start to see that he couldn't throw the ball downfield sure. the same way. Like you could make that better argument. I still don't think you could do it. I but still it's, don't it's think tough to, tough to kick a guy like that and, to the curb. And, and it is unique to what he meant to that city in the aftermath of Katrina, right? Like, there's no comparison to 
any other quarterback, right? Like, it was a far bigger thing that they, as a city, needed hope and identity and all that kind of crap um, after what they had been through, and he provided it. So, you know, I, I, I just don't think there's a comparison, so I'm with you. 100%. I, it would have been tough. I I assumed it was going to be some sort of scrub that he was talking about. No, I thought it was, you know, Chicago. Garoppolo, or, maybe. Yeah, correct. Yeah, something yeah. along those lines. Right. Uh, number two, would you rather? Uh, I don't know if you saw, but our friend Andrew Steck had to come in here and pay off a bet last week. He consumed uh, t- 13, 12, a total of 14 shots of tuna fish and sardine juice, with a couple of them actually being tuna fish and sardine slurry over the course of two hours. Would you, rather, would you rather have to do that, or you have to attend... And oh, oh, good. It's probably Bernard Longer. Um, stand right. You, you have to do that. The tuna fish sardine juice, or you have to stand right in front of the stage and attend the entirety of a Limp Biscuit concert during their summer tour. Yeah, I'm not doing the sardine thing. You're doing it all for the nookie, is what you're saying. You're, I am. you're. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing the sardine thing. All no right. Doubt. I'm same same oh, boat. Oh, I'm not. I yeah. I I, I, I went to a Smash Mouth concert. I can't put myself through that again. There is a limit. It is torture. It is torture. I'd like to think I could still oh, laugh yeah. at you, other people. OAR, I might do the sardine. <laughs> ah ah, you just you just admitted like two weeks ago that you liked them. By the way, I don't know if you remember. Eh, you called in out of the blue and admitted that you liked. I know. Them. I don't know what was going on that day. Yeah, what's wrong with you? And number three, um, did you happen to see the stat that Adam Pohl shared the other night? Did not. Okay, so Adam Pohl, who is still uh, one of the play-by-play voices of the Bay Sox, put out a stat that got people a little worked up. It pointed out this season Adley Rutschman, in 94 at-bats as a catcher, is hitting 245. 53 at-bats when he plays first base or designated hitter, he's hitting 377. Pretty significantly different numbers. Now, very small sample size. I don't want to get too worked up about it, but... Inspired by that, would you rather Adley Rutschman is the greatest catcher in MLB history, but just a 260 hitter, or he becomes an annual 330 hitter with 30 plus home runs, but he's got to move to first base? Oh, 100% move to first base. Okay. I disagree. 100%. Why? Um, well, I'm going to ask Drew first. Any, then you... Anyone but Severino can catch. Okay. okay. Really? I mean, like, when was the yeah. last. It, 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 name San Francisco, it. right? Yeah, San Francisco well, can catch. Yeah, I mean, other than all the guys the Orioles have tried. But it's an offensive game. I get it. You got to have a catcher. You can find somebody to catch. There are a dime a dozen. Get me, give me the 330 hitter with 40 homers. I'll take him. But you're acting as though 260 is atrocious. And uh, well, not so really. I'm acting like 330 is. Matt Wieters. I, I have a pro- I, I'm okay with what Drew's saying. I understand what he's yeah. saying. I've did a little research, and I don't know exactly what the comparable would be for Adley Rutschman as a 330 first baseman. I'm sure he would have some value as a base well, runner. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame if he's, if he's I'm just saying. He might go to the Hall of Fame. He's the greatest catcher of all time also. If you're hitting 260 as the quote-unquote greatest catcher of all time, that means that the value you're providing defensively is immense, and the value you're providing to your pitching staff is immense. So you're talking about like the opportunity cost of having Pedro Severino behind the plate catching and developing Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall. And you're neglecting the fact that there's room to be a productive offensive player as a 260 hitter. If your own your on base percentage is like 320, and you're slugging 450, that's a 770 OPS, right? Like Matt Wieters had a six WAR when he hit 260 one year, 5.7 to be exact. 
Miguel Cabrera, in his career as a first baseman, had like two seasons with a war higher than like 6.3. And that bat was as good as you could possibly have. So I'll take the value he's adding to other players on the team, assuming you can find a productive first baseman offensively, more so than I think you can find a great catcher. So, yeah. What's your response, Drew? He kind of schooled you there. Yeah, didn't school me at all. No, I you schooled you. Do that, and you're gonna, and I'm gonna win more games than you. <laughs> okay. We can have 260 catcher, and I'll have a 330 first baseman, and I'll see you guys. You guys can watch me from your couch. All right. Play. All right, very good. Uh, uh, what's, like that. Yeah, sure. Eh, it, 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 weak sauce. What, what's, what's coming up at DrewsMorningDish.com? You know what I'm going to write about tomorrow is the Golf Olympics um, saga. Yeah, I didn't know there was a saga. All, all these guys are dropping out. None oh. of them want to play because they know it's costing them FedEx points. Wait, what? They, none of the guys want to play in the Olympics because the time away – will cost them FedEx points. Why wouldn't they just the, – the tennis tour, as it worked out, that, like, if you go to the Olympics, you get points for it. Why wouldn't yeah, they just work that out? They, that's what they should be doing. Yeah, that's insane. I know. That's nuts. That makes no sense at all. Like, I, I'm befuddled by that. I know. I mean, I, 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 I get it, but that's a, that's a but bummer. Part of the problem, and I'll write about this tomorrow, is golf, when you – the Olympics in general – is always about your country. I mean, it is about you, but it's about your country. And golf is never about that. It's always about you. And they, so they haven't figured out yet how to make it. Your, the gold medal is for the United States in golf, not for Matt Kuchar. Okay, but he still, he still gets the medal. <laughs> I understand that. But it, it, he's playing for himself. And he would much rather try and win $1.4 million and get FedEx Cup points. Man, I, I hear you. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's weird. It's a weird bit. That's a really weird bit. All right, DrewsMorningDish.com, at It's a Hooded 4-Iron on Twitter. Uh, send me your ideas for how we're going to uh, raise some funds uh, with uh, Drew's performance out in Omaha. So send me those ideas. Sorry about the video right. thing. I don't know. i got to yeah. work on this. Yeah. Why don't you get that fixed? When, when, how are you going to do uh, the – the morning drive on the golf channel after you win the U.S. Senior Open if you can't have your Zoom link work. I'll get a new computer. Uh, fair. That's, you know what? Maybe that's true. All right, pal. Appreciate you. God bless you. See you. Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. Check in with us here on GCR. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by Window Nation, an amazing offer they have for you at Window Nation. 50% off all styles of windows. Plus, no money down, no payments, and no interest for 24 months. That's two full years. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. Our buddy David Steele is going to join us. Talk a little NBA playoffs next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tours FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. 
Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Glenn Nothing but net. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. 
Continue to get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. We will continue sharing them out throughout the course of the day. And uh, you don't you have all day. We don't pick a winner until uh, Thursday morning. So you have all day, even if you're listening to the show later. You can still uh, get your responses in at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Somebody's going to win that $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. So, yes, it was a very happy night for me last night. As everybody knows, I am a massive Phoenix Suns fan from my time. You know, I was never had a team here growing up, and then I, I moved out to Phoenix. And, you know, they treated me unbelievably well. They couldn't have been kinder to me. And, um, you know, it, it was an exciting time to be there during the D'Antoni, Nash, Stoudemire, Marion era. It was a very exciting time to be around that team. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm very excited about it. I'm enjoying the playoffs a great deal. A lot of people are instead choosing to, you know, oh, this has got to be terrible for basketball and the networks and, uh, and that all that nonsense. I don't even know uh, who to, to credit. Our, our next guest is a longtime sports writer and author and, and basketball guy. And over the years, I've said he was with the Baltimore Sun or he was with the Sporting News. I don't even know what to say now, but I just wanted to bring David Steele back on the program because I was responding to like half of his tweets last night, and so I figured we might as well just talk about it. David Steele is back with us here on GCR. Dave, what's going on, brother? It's good to talk to you. Great talking to you, too, Glenn. And, and yes, it's uh, any, time, any chance you get a chance to talk basketball in the NBA playoffs, um, you know I'm always ready for that. I know that's true, man. So I, I am this massive Phoenix Suns fan. Like I just it, it it and and I think that you'll understand this and appreciate it. Having moved back home and having to cover these teams that I grew up rooting for, <laughs> it sort of forces you to fall out of love with them a little bit, right? Because you have to be more critical. So this is what I get to have in my life that's just pure joy, right? Like watching the Phoenix Suns, I don't have to critically think about them in any way. I don't have to relive Ish Smith and uh, Shavlik Randolph and the many. I, I just get to experience pure, unabashed joy watching the Phoenix Suns play basketball, and this has been so wonderful to me. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I, I admit I'm biased, right? Like this, this to me is the greatest playoffs that's ever happened in my life. Right. But I don't understand all of the negativity towards it. Like, have we become and, – and maybe I can draw a parallel to boxing, right, in that people really are signing up to watch this horse S, and they're really paying their money to, to, to have Floyd Mayweather dance around a ring and, and laugh at them that they spent money on it uh, for him to stand in a ring with somebody who's not a fighter – and maybe that really is just where we are, that we just want to watch famous people do things. We're not interested in the craft. We're not interested in competition. I'm befuddled by people being negative towards these playoffs, which I think have been unbelievably compelling. And we get to watch Trey Young play Giannis tonight in the Eastern. How is that not exciting to people? <laughs> yeah, no, and, 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 you know, it's, it's just really kind of disturbing to compare what we're watching to – I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. But but, 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 but you make a great point. But is that what is that just what people want now? Like let let me watch a famous person or a a guy that's got a lot of Instagram followers do something, or I'm not interested. Sorry. Yeah, you know, it's it's a real phenomenon. It's really kind of unique to the NBA. You don't really see it in like the Stanley Cup playoffs. People people either watch that or they don't. Right. They love Stanley Cup. Right. They're just not into hockey or whatever. Yeah, so uh, there's no, there's no Alex Ovechkin, it. there's no Sidney Crosby. Nobody's saying, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not watching the hockey playoffs then. Yeah, 
Exactly. Unless you're like me and I just not watch. Oh yeah, correct. Yeah, I get that. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the, but then, by the way, I'm the same way. I mean, I'm I'm a Coyotes fan, so it's I've never had that moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's true. Yeah, but the NBA and it's and it's something that I've gone back and forth about a lot over the years. I even wrote about it a few times uh, during my uh, during my Sundays that there's a certain portion of the public and of the fan base that's only into it for the superstars. You know, that goes back to when Jordan was playing, that if the Bulls weren't in it, which was kind of rare, but yeah, I mean, we saw what happened like in the two years he was playing baseball and in the immediate couple of years after he retired and before he came back to the Wizards, things like that, when people were just like, well, what do we do now? We, you know, Jordan's not playing. Why should I watch this league? And you missed out on tons of guys, Iverson and Grant Hill and uh, Olajuwon and Ewing and just all these guys that you just end up just, you know, loop missing, you know, if you're not paying close attention to what's going on in the league. And that's really what there's a lot of people. I don't know if it's significant enough that it's really going to, you know, put a dent in things. But people like came into this week saying, why should we bother watching? There's no LeBron. There's no Steph. There's no this guy, that guy. And yet, I mean, this in a lot of ways is one of the most compelling postseasons yep. they've had in like the last decade. And that's not to take anything away from what the Warriors did, what LeBron did, you know, what the Heat did back in back in his time there, what the Cavaliers did, and all that kind of stuff. What Toronto did a couple of years ago. You know, this is almost like the passing of the torch or the handing off of, of the baton. We are seeing Trey Young. We are seeing. Giannis at a level that we worked before. We're, we're, we're discovering, millions of people are discovering Devin Booker right now. You know, and we saw what happened, what happened in that game last night. You know, we're seeing the Clippers team doing something that, you know, the Clippers were, the, were like the joke of the league for like decades. Mm-hmm. And here they are. They, we, you can't rule them out turning this thing around and somehow landing in the finals. I mean, it's this is amazing stuff that we're watching right now. And it's, I'm not saying, hey, you know, we, we don't miss LeBron. We don't miss what the Warriors did. But, they, you know, they didn't win. You know, they did not win. The Warriors did not win. The Lakers did not win. The Nets did not win. The Sixers, with all their drama, they did not win. You know, these teams earned their way into it. It's not a fluke. It's not some sort of, you know, glitch in the matrix or something like that. This is, you know, this is where the league is. And it has been incredibly entertaining. I mean, if you blew off last night's game, you know, and you're sitting there wondering, what is everybody talking about this morning? Then you should know that you really, really missed out on one of those moments that people have been talking about for years, you know, because of the way that game ended. The idiocy of all of it is something you touched on there, is that these guys, LeBron notwithstanding, weren't always stars. You become a star (laughs) by earning it in the moment. And so to criticize the field remaining and say there aren't any stars left. Well, there will be when it's all said and done because they will then be NBA champions and have led their team to that moment. So like, do they just want the NBA to die when LeBron retires? Right. 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 There's never allowed to be another, like my God. Well, well, again, we went through all this with Jordan. People really thought the NBA would just die when Jordan left. It was just like this really traumatic thing for everybody as if there was just nobody else. That you, that you should ever watch, and that they just shouldn't even put on, even put on games anymore. And we look, I mean, it's been 20 years now. Everybody's fine. Sport right. moved on. A few years came past, and along, and along came LeBron, you know, yeah. and a whole bunch of other guys. Tim Duncan, just all these guys <laughs> came along. Kobe, 
the whole Shaq Kobe thing, you know, that all that, all all it, all it, it was entailed in that, you know, the game survives. I mean, we 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 can look around. I mean, right here in this town, right where we we could literally walk out the building, wherever the building is that you are, where I am, where you are, and you can see possibly the next guy because this is like a basketball hotbed. Yep. So, yep. yep. You know, they're, they're just they're just players that spring up from everywhere, and the best of the best are the ones who are playing this weekend, this week, right now, as as we're going to see tonight and the next night and the next night for the next two three weeks. David Steele is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. We're talking about the NBA playoffs. And I get it. There have been injuries. There's no doubt. And and maybe maybe one or two more than there is in the common year. Like, you know, the, yeah. the, the Warriors were pretty hurt a couple years ago, right? Like, yeah. I didn't take anything away from the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard being a very deserving champion. You know, like, I, I, very true. I, 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 injuries happen. It's a part of sport, man. Like, I just don't. Yeah. It's 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 a bummer. Would I have preferred to have seen Anthony Davis for an entire series against the Suns? Absolutely. I mean, maybe not personally. Right. <laughs> and Jamal Murray. Would I, what you wish for? Yeah, for the basketball fan in me, would I prefer to see Jamal Murray? Sure, of course I would have. Like, absolutely. Would I prefer to see all of the big three in in Brooklyn? Like, I guess yes. But it, it's a pipe dream. Like, injuries are a part of sport. It occurs every year. So I, I can't I can't get too worked up about that as the excuse. Dave, the other thing that drives me nuts about this is and you alluded to some of the names, these are particularly exciting players. If if you like the sport of basketball, Trey Young I can't take my eyes off of him. He's as exciting a player as what Steph Curry is. Correct. He's he's like he's not quite, but he's about that. He's all the things that we love about Damian Lillard, right? Like these right. are exciting at Devin Booker is a, is a joy to watch play the game of basketball. And I know last night wasn't his best night, but he was damn good in game one. Um, like, I, these are exciting basketball players. If you like anything about the sport, I can't fathom why you wouldn't be more compelled by the chance to watch them play. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and if this is sort of everybody's discovery of Trey Young, if you, for whatever reason, not been paying attention yeah. to what went on in the first two rounds, where again, like he was, he was at the center of attention in a pretty star-studded, you know, galaxy. These last couple games, first starting out against the Knicks, and just all the drama of the Knicks getting back into the playoffs and being in the atmosphere of the Garden and all of that, uh, winning that series, then going in with the Sixers and everything that went on during the course of that series with the Sixers right up until Game Seven. And now, I mean, you 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 really cannot wait. I mean, you you to the point where you like you rearrange your day to make sure yeah. that you're up and around and alert and all that stuff to watch tonight's game because you can't wait to see what he does now that he's taking it to you know another level. No doubt, man. you know. And this is what you do with all the great players in this in this sport. You know, you want to see it when you know when Iverson you know was playing. It's like okay, this is great regular season stuff. This is a great show every night on Sports Center. Let's see what he does in the playoffs. And all of a sudden, he's in the playoffs and he's in the finals and he's Stepping over Tyrone yep. Moon, yep. you're like, here we are, you know. All the other guys, Steph was the, you're right. Steph, Steph was the same way. It's like, wow, what if this team ever really gets it together and you know puts a real team around them? I and we look at happening and it's literally making history. So yeah, that 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 is that is how it goes. You know, there's a you know there's a growth pattern. There's a there's a you know a development process. You know, you sort of you know go through go through it all. And again, just to sort of go back to Michael again, you know, had to see Michael sort of move his way up the ladder so he finally pushed through, you know, against the bad boys and knock them off and have them walk off the court in disgust and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And then Jordan is just 
he gets up at another level beyond where he had been throughout all the years when he's winning dunk contests and you know doing commercials and and, and everything else. It's you know this is what this is what we're seeing now. You know after what every, after the way that Giannis was just dragged the last couple of years for like winning MVP and then getting knocked out early in the playoffs. You know he's four wins away from being in the finals. Yep. Yep, you know? I, I, I'm excited to watch all the great players: Giannis, Trey Young, Devin Booker, Kevin Herter, obviously, all of the great yeah. player, players. Red Velvet, in the NBA. I love watching all of them, man. Uh, <laughs> hey, Dave, what do you make of the argument uh, Van Gundy was making? By the way, Van Gundy was tremendous. He was absolutely wow, tremendous yeah. down. But what do you make of the uh, all replay is bad? What do you make of like the the drawing a complete like there there can't we have to eliminate replay from the sport? I. It is tough for me. We were talking about this earlier on the show. I get, you know, the, the call, the call by the letter of the law was correct last night, and Ooh, technically yeah. that ball was still lingering on Devin Booker's fingertip. But we all know that's not the reason why the rule exists. I compare it to um, the offsides thing in soccer where, like, they, they didn't create the offsides rule for if a guy happens to have his toe a little bit further than someone else's toe, that means a goal shouldn't count. Like, that's not the reason why that rule was created but yet, through VAR, that's how we're implementing it, right? We're saying, yeah. you know, if, if you're a millimeter off sides, you're off sides. That's just the way that it goes. I, mm-hmm. I, I know there are problems that have to be addressed. I don't think it's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I think replay, you have to have it there for the egregious things that get missed. I think you just have to go through addressing, hey, we need to reimagine some of our rules and say we can't reward a guy for just knocking a ball out of bounds and it happened to be lucky that, like, it was still lingering on someone's fingertip for a second. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I, I feel exactly the same way. And I, I don't know what the answer is, uh, you know, besides the refs just have to do better. I mean, of course, if they did better, then there wouldn't be a need for replay, but we understand that, yeah, they, they miss really big, obvious calls, and you cannot let that happen. You cannot let that decide, yay. You can't just shrug and chalk it up to – Hey, the human element. It's so it's a, it's it's okay with us. It's it's a part of tradition and the, the history. And players make errors too, and blah 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 blah. It's like no, the rules. You know, the, the refs and the, and the officials they have to get it right. They have to get it right. That cannot be what is allowed to decide the game. And so yeah, I'm kind of on the opposite side. I, I and I there was a bunch of debates on on on, on Twitter and everything last night. The same thing. There's everyone seems to be divided into either never replay. Or, or always replay, you know, warts and all, mistakes and all. But yeah, it does have to be fixed because we see examples of. You gave a great example of VAR. You know, uh, uh, there was a play very similar to the one last night with with, uh, with Booker uh, that, that was in the playoffs last year, where I think it might have involved Kawhi, as a matter of fact, where the ball was you know on his you know grazed off his hand after it had been slapped away, and they gave it back to him after replay after running it back for the longest time, and it's just. Annoying. You see the same thing in football. You, there, there was a huge one in baseball a few years ago with a whole, you know, you know the the, the guy's foot was off the back for a millisecond. And right. Came back up and right. they called him out. And it was just just stuff like that that like the frame by frame aspects of this ends up costing somebody for just the most trivial thing. And there needs to be more ju- better judgment and more discernment and more discretion by these officials, and they're just not doing it. They're not using that sort of level of common, common sense that you have to include in this. And I don't know how you teach that. I don't know how you get officials to do that. NBA just is, is in a really bad cycle <laughs> of officials right now where, where the top guys are just like, what? You know, the, 
for all for all the ills of like the Joey Crawfords and the Daryl Gatts and the, the old guys, you know, they didn't do things like that. You know, they weren't just the nitpicky guys that just, you know, letter of the law all the time. I mean, I, and it's just, or, or, this, this is not good. Or Dave, rewrite the rules. I mean, like, if if if, the, yeah. if if you're gonna be slaves, rewrite the rules. Just go back in yeah. and say we need to reimagine what the what is the purpose of this rule. Let's yeah. rewrite it. And yeah. and it's one thing again, like last night. If the ball goes off of Devin Booker's knee on the way out, then yeah, it's out off of him, right? right. Like that's yeah. all we 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 all accept right. that as part of basketball from playing, from watching. We all get that that's the way that it goes. But that last night, that's not the the rule does not exist for someone to benefit for just knocking the ball out of bounds. Like, well, we can we can get the ball back if we just go knock it out of bounds, and it happens. Yeah. It happens. If you really slow down the replay, that it it still was lingering on someone's hand as we were knocking it out of bounds. That's that's right. not the reason why that rule exists. And and just yeah. rewrite it, rewrite it to cover that yeah. somehow. That the person who forced yeah. the ball out of bounds, that's who it's out off of. You solve the problem altogether. Um, and, and it'd be bad if they did it like sort of a big comprehensive look at all the rules and make sure that there aren't other little things that they have to patch up. You know, at the end of next year or in the middle of next season or something sure, like that, either. Sure, because so, sure. that does happen just way too often. They they just you know create one or you know they fix one rule and it ends up breaking another one. So it's 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 you know they need to look at it a lot deeper than they do. Uh, why would any team want to trade for Ben Simmons right now? I mean, I Ooh. get he's a he's a heck of a. De- I understand he's a great defender, he's a wonderful facilitator, but I, I just I can't fathom there being a team that's got minutes for someone. That is a zero as a shooter. I just it, yeah. in the twenty in twenty twenty one in the NBA, I just can't fathom there being a team that that makes sense for. Yeah, I, I you know it's so hard because you want you do want to give him the benefit of the doubt for the good the things that he does really really well that he does you know he has point guard skills in a big man's body you know that that has to be useful somehow. And he's a guy who can initiate the offense, but he is a total zero. When it comes to shooting the ball, and it's like it's not even the guy who just like shoots a lot or even just a or normal average amount of time and just cannot shoot. Now he's not shooting at all, and that's just that's that's just unacceptable. That's unconscionable. You can't play the game at this level and do that. And and people are saying, well, if they move him to power forward, it's like, well, you don't want to power in the game today. What we're watching right now, you can't have anybody on the floor. Even as a role player, who not only can't shoot, won't. but who won't shoot. Yeah, he would be a point forward. Like it's not like he would suddenly not be using his skill set as a point. Like it's, but it, the question and what really is weird to me is that like it almost feels like he hasn't tried hard enough to fix it. Like yeah. you would think an NBA player, a professional basketball player with such a glaring issue, would be doing everything in their power to remedy it, and it seems like he's only gotten worse through his yeah. career. And, and the thing is, it's, it's so aggravating because he's so close. It's like this: you you fix this thing, you're like in the elite. No, no tier question, right? Of players, the other stuff league. is and so it, good. And, it's, and you're talking, and, it's, and, it, and things to talk about winning a championship possibly in the next few years. If the, if he if he had fixed that, you know, if he'd just been just uh, uh, something above zero. <laughs> I know we keep using that phrase, but that that's. That's what he is. It's four on five every time down the court when he's on the floor, and, and your coaches have to take him out. A lot of people point and say, "Oh well, how are they? You know, they brought Doc in, and they, you know, Doc didn't do anything." Like, what can you do with that? Right. Correct. You know, 
Brett Brown couldn't do anything with it. Doc Rivers can't do anything with it. You know, it's the NBA. You have to be able to shoot. You have to. That's it. Period. Yeah. Must be more, able more to. More now than ever. Correct. One hundred percent. Especially if you have the ball in your hands all the time. No doubt. Dave, what can I plug for you, man? What are you What are you up to these days? What are you doing? Well, I'm doing a lot of work for uh, for the undefeated. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, on, the, yeah. on the ESPN site, so keep an eye out on that. I've got a got a piece that's in the uh, that's in the works right now that should be coming up sometime in the next in the next few weeks. Uh, so keep an eye uh, keep an eye open for that. Excellent. And of course, follow him on Twitter at David underscore C underscore Steel, where he never really bothers to share any opinions at all. He never he just sort of sits back and is. Very quiet, very polite. Never, never. Hey, Dave, it's always great to catch up with you, brother. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, thanks for having me on, Glenn. Take care. David Steele, uh, appreciate him hopping on with us for a few minutes, uh, talking some basketball with us. We are winding down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Today's show also brought to you by Sports and Social MD which is the place to be, really, for any event, but particularly for the UFC fights. They have got it figured out at Sports and Social Maryland. They're bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champ, Conor McGregor, and get that ringside feeling with the -the state-of-the-art AV system, stadium seating. Oh, man, they take that sports viewing to the next level. Massive 100-foot media wall. 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, an extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets are now on sale for UFC 264 at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let you didn't the insu- give your opinion on the uh, Would Rather's also for the last two. You didn't for the. Well, we were talking one. about it with Drew. Did you agree with me? Is that what you were saying? I'm. I am. I am still the Rutschman one. I'm not. I like your point, but I'm not giving you, and I purposely am not giving you what he's. Somebody else brought that up. Like to you're say doing, he's the greatest catcher of all time would have to imply he's at least a productive hitter. I don't. No, if he's the greatest catcher is just about his ability behind the plate. It has nothing to do with him as a hitter. Zero. None. He's well, just he's the greatest. And... Well, I'm saying he's hitting 260. I'm not giving you anything else. I'm not yeah. giving you because I was afraid that it would be what would shift everyone. If I said he's hitting 260 but still with 25 home runs every season, I then I think that everybody immediately shifts yeah. to that. It's hard to imagine a scenario I'm, where he's hitting 260 and suddenly other Rutschman doesn't know the strike zone anymore and has an on-base percentage of 290, you know? I hear you. I'm... What I struggle with is that the other guy is Albert Pujols, basically. The other guy is basically Albert Pujols. And Albert Pujols was the linchpin for multiple World Series champions. Also had Yadier Molina, though. It, yeah, I mean, for not for all of them. But you get what I'm saying, right? Um, like, you're, you're, you're leaving a hole there, and it's harder to fill that hole than it is to find a productive first baseman. It's not to find a productive first baseman, sure. To find a guy that's a three thirty five hitter. I understand. Thirty five plus home runs every year. I understand. No, that's not easy to find. That's not that's not I at all it. easy to find. That's that's remarkably difficult to find. Um So I do struggle with this. I, I struggle with this one. That's the reason why I made it the Would You Rather Wednesday scenario is because I spurred by this conversation yesterday. This this is difficult for me. Um I think I think I end up going back 
to the the thing that you said, but I don't think it's as, it's surefire in any way. I think the Drew's point, the value of finding the other guy, of knowing you've got that bat in the middle of your lineup, is incredibly significant. Now it doesn't guarantee anything. The Astros never won a World Series with Jeff Bagwell. When the White Sox finally won a World Series with Frank Thomas, he was at the tail end of his career, and and I think he was even hurt the year that they won. He was not big hurt, if you will. Thank you. Um, so you can have that guy, and, and it's still rare what we're talking about. You can have that guy and never win with them, never win a World Series with them. There aren't a ton of examples of like you can point out Yadier Molina, but he was also hitting 280, or at that point in his career, closer to 300. I get it, but he you would also he wasn't hitting also 260. Think, uh, you would also think that Rushman would be more powerful in, in that way. Like I. But I'm not giving. I understand, you that. but That's you're also. It would be insane for you to be a sing, painting a scenario where you're like, oh, he's hitting ten home runs a year. Ten is there's a big difference between. He could hit twenty home runs per year, and that's incredibly valuable as a catcher. It is. If you're the best defensive catcher of all time, and you're hitting twenty home runs a year, it means you're slugging four thirty at least. It's valuable. Nobody's saying it's not valuable. Incredibly, four thirty. Where is that coming from? If you're hitting twenty home runs, your slugging percentage is not going to be under four thirty. Twenty home runs means you are getting you are getting the ball, hitting it hard. Like that's not. You're not going to find that. I, I would love to see an example of a player. I, I would that, would, to, that would mean they don't hit any doubles or anything else. It's just singles and home runs only. I would have to. I would have to think that through. That it might be around fourth, maybe around four thirty at twenty home runs. That might be about right. Um, but yeah, they were definitely. You know, in order to do that, I think that you would have to be guaranteed that you're hitting about twenty doubles as well. Like I think it would have to be that. And I, you know, I can't guarantee that scenario. I think it's tough. I probably end up leaning catcher, but I don't think it's a slam dunk in any way. I think it's – in fact, I'm even as I say it, I'm torn back the other way. But if, again, gun to my head and why, that would be my answer. Um, and, and no, I would just do the sardine juice. I can't. I can't go to a Limp Bizkit concert. I can't do it. Nope. No chance. Not going to happen. All right, tidbit brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Well, I don't know if you guys heard uh, Wander Franco debuted, and he, he looks just about as good as advertised. Uh, bad news for the Orioles and the rest of the AL East, but good news for baseball fans because it appears this kid is the real deal. There are people who actually suggest that maybe we weren't hyping Wander Franco enough. Consider. Maybe. MLB players with an isolated slugging percentage, that of course being the difference between their batting average and their slugging percentage of over 180, and a strikeout percentage of under 15%, well, don't really fail, considering the players that have met that criteria since 2005 are Barry Bonds, Alex Bregman, Shipper Jones, Moises Alou, Mookie Betts, Albert Pujols, Vlad Guerrero, Robinson Cano, Jose Ramirez, Aramis Ramirez. Jeff Kent, Gary Sheffield, Adrian Beltre, Nolan Arenado, Yuli Gurriel, Francisco Lindor, Carlos Lee, uh, led Miss Diaz, Jay Gibbons, oddly, hmm. and he's lower that? on the list, Vernon Wells, and Joe Creedy. So uh, I believe Wonder Franco would be in the WRC Plus range, more toward the top of that list, where those are all perennial Hall of Fame type players. He Don't, don't be disrespectful to Jay Gibbons. Yeah, true. Franco became the 13th player since 1901. That's a decent sample size. With multiple extra base hits, 
multiple runs scored, and three or more RBIs in his major league debut. The last person to accomplish this was Trevor Story in 2016. Franco, well, he's probably going to be a thorn in the side of Orioles fans for a little while, but I talked about my brother. I can't really hate Rays the way I can Yankees and Red Sox players because I just kind of respect what they do over there. Okay. So, Wander Franco had a 332 average, a 398 slugging percentage and a 5 or 398 on base and a 536 slugging percentage in his minor league career with a strikeout rate of 7.9%. These are certainly good numbers. Uh since FanGraphs began tracking minor league stats in 2006. Mhm. He is one of only three hitters okay. to post a 150 WRC plus. Won't pretend to know exactly what that means, mm, but just sure. know it means you're right. a damn good hitter yeah. or better, while also striking out less than 12% of the time. So you want me to name who the other great minor league hitters were? Well, spoiler alert, they're great major leaguers, too. And that's fine, but that's still very difficult. Like, I, 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 I honest to God, I could not tell you how great Fernando Tatis was as a minor leaguer. Not I don't know. For this. He strikes out more is also a part of the thing. Maybe. No, but I don't know what he did in the minor leagues or not, Kyle. You keep trying to make it seem like I'm somehow supposed to know what these guys did in the minor leagues. Ronald Acuna is pretty good. But not him. Th- th- I mean, this is the problem. Like, I, These are two of the best players in baseball currently. I named Fernando Tatis and Ronald Acuna. So They're, keep naming them. You'll get them. Um, Instead of being so salty. I mean, it's a pretty difficult thing. Vladimir Guerrero. Yes. Okay. Vlad Jr. is one of the three. Okay. And and um, he struck out 11% of the time. So 3% points higher yeah, than Shohei Otani never played in the minor leagues. Um, and uh, uh, Castellanos. No. This player's better. Altuve. This player's better. Uh, this player's better than Altuve. Altuve's pretty effing good, dog. This player's better. Albert Pujols. This player's definitely currently better. Currently better. But he's probably, be as far as wins of replacement, he's probably better as well. Than Altuve. No, than Pujols. As far as I don't think this player's best war season was probably oh, higher his than. individual war yeah. Mookie Betts. Correct. Okay. The answer is Mookie Betts. They're really good. There's no debate about that. They are two really good players. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, Tidbit was also brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You read it all, pressboxonline.com. Talia Tungavailoa, the University of Maryland quarterback, on the cover. Go pick it up right now. Tubular brought to you by – oh, the soccer has started, and I've got some money on it today. It's a good uh, game this afternoon, right? Belgium uh, and Portugal? Uh, uh, I thought it was France. France, Portugal. Portugal. France, right, Portugal yeah. is this afternoon. Tubular – that's a 3 o'clock game. That's not one of the early games. Uh, Tubular is brought to you by uh, Tucker Fest, which is coming up on Sunday at Jerry's Toyota. Yes, the greatest kicker of all time will be there. You can get your meet and greet passes right now at great8smemorabilia.com. The event itself is free, gratis. You don't have to pay a thing in order to attend Tucker Fest. Live music, dunk tank, cornhole tournament, food trucks, Vendors, U.S. Army's bringing out the big old gaming truck. All of that will be there. But if you want to meet Justin Tucker, you got to go to great8memorabilia.com. Great8memorabilia.com with the number 8 
in order to get your meet and greet passes for Tucker Fest on Sunday. As we mentioned, soccer right now, uh, Slovakia and Spain on ESPN and Sweden and Poland at noon on ESPN2. Portugal and France, 3 o'clock on ESPN. Germany and Hungary at 3 on ESPN2. Uh, Orioles-Astros, as the Orioles try to avoid the sweep tonight. Jose Urquidy and Thomas Eshelman, the pitching matchup at 7 o'clock on Masson. Uh, Masson's got Nationals Phillies coming up at 1. It's also on MLB Network in the rest of the country. ML- By the way, did you see the Diamondbacks thing last night? No. I, I don't know who it was. Somebody from the Brewers hurt himself running around third base, pulled up, mm-hmm. was not going to be able to make it the home plate. Mm-hmm. The Diamondbacks, all of them, nobody to bother to throw it home to get the guy to tag out. Did they he, like, let hobble home. He just kept well, they hobbling. They might literally not be trying. And eventually, I, the point that I made on Twitter was: we always say you can't purposely try to tank because the players aren't going to be on with it. I'm starting to think the Diamondbacks might be in on it. I'm starting to think they might be in agreement to help out. You have to go go just search Diamondbacks today. You will see this. It's it's utterly absurd. The second baseman just stands there with the ball and does nothing. As the guy is hobbling, hobbling to home plate. I've never seen anything like it. By the way, we did miss the, uh, I mentioned on Twitter, but the uh, intentional walk hit, oh, yeah, yeah, hit yeah. for Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera. Probably the, Todd Williams. One it of the lowest Orioles moments. certainly was one of the greatest indignities, no doubt about that. MLB Network, White Sox Pirates uh, locally at 1230. Uh, the rest, everybody gets Rockies Mariners at four, Braves Mets at seven. Game one of the Eastern Conference Finals tonight, 8.30 on TNT, Hawks-Bucks. Uh, the the Lightning try to close out the Islanders tonight, game six on NBC Sports Network at 8 o'clock. ESPN College World Series continues, Vanderbilt and Stanford in the losers bracket, 7 o'clock. They also have Dodgers-Padres tonight at 10. Uh, Fox Sports 1, Copa America, Ecuador and, or Ecuador and Peru at 5, <laughs> Colombia and Brazil at 8. That's it for sports, non-sports. Wednesday's the best night, I feel like, for TV in general. Okay. We got uh, episode three of Loki streaming on Disney Plus. Like that. Uh, Miss Ribbetween, 10 o'clock on FX. Dave, season two oh, started back. last week, actually. Yeah. Uh, that's tonight on FXX at 10. I um, wish I liked it as everybody else it's, does. It's very good. This season started very, uh, I, I, in it's, a sort of depressing it's way. It's fine. I, I, he, I, he just doesn't mean anything to me, so it's tougher for me. He doesn't like, mean anything. I think, I think this is the smartest decision business-wise he made is to do this show I because it, it... I think the show is good. I don't think it's the iconic show that other people make it out to I be. I very much enjoyed the first season. The second season has started in a, uh, you know, odd way, to say the least. Um... You're a Master Chef guy now. I Eight am o'clock a on Fox. There's a documentary on National Geographic at ten o'clock called Narco Bling: The End of Chapo Guzman. Into that sort of thing. Okay. Conan has David a Carvey. This is the second to last show for him on TVS. It's preceded by Full Frontal with Samantha B. If you're a Blacklist fan, that's at ten o'clock on NBC. Uh, Bill Clinton is on. Clinton is on Seth Meyers. John Cena and Henry Winkler are on. Yeah, uh, that's deal. a definitely a package yeah. deal. Are on Fallon. Um, I don't know what Billy Crystal is promoting, but he's on Kimmel. He he had a movie come out recently with Tiffany Haddish, but interesting. I don't remember. Uh, stuff and things. Check it all out at glennclarkradio.com. Tubular also brought to you today by Window Nation. Get 50% off all styles of windows, plus no money down, no payments, no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. 
Thanks today to David Steele. Thanks also to Drew Forrester, as well as to Steve Farhood from Showtime. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, Jordan Lawler will be joining us Ah, tomorrow. that's confirmed. Yes. Yay. Jordan Lawler, of course, someone that uh, Jonathan Mayo just mocked to the Baltimore Orioles with the fifth pick in the MLB draft, one of the top prospects, uh, shorts, high school shortstop out of Texas. We will talk to him on the show tomorrow. And then stuff and things, irons okay. and fires. All right. We'll take, that. we'll take Jordan Lawler. That's a good one. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, BMW Championship, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Thanks to Young Jack. Happy birthday, Young Jack. Oh, Enjoy it's your, your birthday? What the hell? Not today. Happy... It's t- Yeah, that's uh, okay. why. Remember, he's going up to New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. You're 21. Don't, don't die. Yeah. All right? Don't die. I don't we'll think see. you can afford to die in New York. <laughs> I don't know why you're going. You know what? You know what? It's not a joke. You know where I had to go? So my my birthday, my actual 21st birthday, was on Labor Day. Okay. And everybody wanted to go out because it was a holiday. Everybody mm-hmm. wanted to go out the night before, and they just said, we'll go out at midnight. Um, and celebrate your 21st sure. birthday at midnight the night before because nobody wanted to go out on Monday night. We all had to go to school or work the mm-hmm. next day. So I said, all right, sounds good. And then people started saying, oh, no, that doesn't work until you get your new license, ID. your new ID. That's so silly. They won't serve you anywhere because... What about your passport? I don't think I had a passport at the time. <laughs> I hadn't been out of the country. So I'd worldly. Like, I've, I've, only been, I've only been to Europe... Because, I mean, I've been to, like, Mexico, stuff like that, but you don't need a passport. Um, I've been to Europe twice. I've gone when I was 10, and I didn't go again until I was, like, 30. So um, I didn't have a passport, and I didn't, like, find out about this until very late Is that a thing game. still? I think you can kind of use your... I don't know. I have no idea if it's still a thing. I don't get a new... I- no, I mean, no, like, you like don't need to get a new ID tomorrow for your 21st birthday. Yeah, uh, go ahead. You can put, put Jack on the microphone. Jack, you, go ahead. Answer the question. So no, that- uh, yeah, I had to go to the, the uh, MVA last week. To okay. go get a new license. Maybe, they, it maybe they've planned around tomorrow. this now. I don't know. So. I, I think you are supposed to go like on your 21st birthday. Well, I did get it. Or but I also like had a fake idea at the time, so maybe I would just use it. Well, maybe, but <laughs> I didn't. I, the point was when you turn 21, you want to be able to use I your ID. That's the, that's the point of it. So this is not a joke. The, finally, the place that we found that was going to be willing to accept my ID was TJI Fridays. Love it. And I celebrated my 21st birthday. At the White Marsh TGI Fridays. You got drunk for what it'll cost Jack for one drink. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. That did occur. It was it was just such a dumb experience. Like, why are we doing I like this? blacked out before going out on my birthday. We were like drinking shots of like hand poured, not like measured. Shots of kettle one. Ah, and ah, my yeah. buddy's like yeah. courtyard area. Yep, that'll do it. Don't remember that'll a thing. That'll do it. Do not that's remember the a way thing. it'll go. Well, I didn't actually go out on my actual birthday on the on Labor Day. I think I just slept. I think <laughs> that was the way that it went. I just slept. I made a terrible mistake. In fact, that night, like the night before, after my that Fridays will do yeah. that to you. Yeah. That wasn't the terrible mistake I made. It was a mistake so terrible. I won't talk about it on <laughs> on the air. I will not do that. All right. Um, enjoy your birthday, pal. Enjoy uh, your trip up there. Follow at Glenn Clark Radio on Instagram. Is uh, that's what Jack wants you to do? All right, uh, I think that's it. Right, yeah. we're good. Uh, follow us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter as well, and have a great Wednesday evening. Uh, go Birds! Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.